500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the man come the ghost who walks the man come enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everyone, for those who came in late, you're listening to Expand, the Phantom Podcast. This is episode 96, Comics and News. My name is Dan Fraser and tonight I'm joined by Jermaine Parker and Stephen East. How are you boys? I'm very good, mate. Yourself? Not too bad at all, not too bad at all. Um, getting late on a Sunday night by the time we worked out all the technology and hopefully the microphones are working and the video's working, let's let's give that another crack. Um We've got you in the, the daughter's bedroom, I'm in the skull cave, and as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube, Steve, you're in the car, how is the vehicle tonight? The car's good, nice and comfy, someone was sitting in here the other day, so the, the chair was already pulled back, so didn't have any issues <laughs> getting in. Excellent, excellent. Um, now, the the episode we recorded with Tony DePaul, I uh, had serious echo problems in here, because it's such a, such a large skull room chamber, do you find that it's uh, good for recording purposes, the vehicle? Good soundproofing? It's soundproofing. I can uh, say what I want. No one hears me. It's probably the same <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with a few things. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Don't have to worry about that. But I, I found the last time I um, I edited a, a podcast, my um, my heavy breathing was an issue. So um, I'm going to try and move the <laughs> mic a little bit away from my nose and mouth and, uh, <laughs> and hopefully you don't just hear a... <sighs> <laughs> well, actually, people just thought you were asleep. So, um... <laughs> well, now you've got that later to, to, to see. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why we did the audio, so that way we can uh, we can tell between your normal breathing and your snoring breathing. <laughs> I actually had a huge fight in the back seat of my car yesterday because the two girls were having a serious go at Angus. Because they didn't like the way he was breathing. He was... (laughs) Stop breathing! Stop breathing! (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, enough frivolity. We've got a lot to get through today because it's been... um, It's only been three episodes since we did the comics and news, but a lot seems to have happened and and probably a few more weeks have passed than we expected. So we've got probably half a dozen comics to get through as well as a bit of news. Before we do that, the the first news is a bit of news from Chronicle Chamber and... Okay, so uh, the first bit of news is about our uh, 100th episode of the podcast coming up. So it's um, a bit exciting for us here at Chronicle Chamber that we're going to, you know, all things being equal, reach the 100 episodes in only a few uh, a few podcasts' time. Um, and one of the things that we have been able to do is we're going to have a competition around the 100th episode. So, um, yes, I know, Phantom fans, you do like to see that competitions happen, but you don't necessarily enter them all the time. Um, but I think Very you're going to want to enter Sorry? Very lazy, the Phantom fans. <laughs> well, maybe this will whet their appetite. This is the prize here. And uh, YouTubers, you can see what that is. Maybe we shouldn't even tell the audio listeners so they go to the YouTube and uh, look it up. <laughs> but no, it's a, uh, a Bradford Exchange Legend of the Phantom statue that you can see there. Um, this one has been very kindly donated to us by Merchantwise, um, the the holders of King Features Studios, or look they look after the license here in Australia. 
and um, they've donated this to us to to give away for our 100th episode. So um, maybe if I just leave him there for a little bit. Um, so it's an improvement. <laughs> I just get right out of the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. A huge improvement. <laughs> so, if you'd like to win me, what you need to do <laughs> now, if you want to win this statue, what you need to do is you need to jump on iTunes and uh, give us one a five star review and say something in there about <laughs> how much right. you love <laughs> love the podcast. So. <laughs> It's obviously a little bit of incentive there for people to, to get on and show us some love and tell us why you enjoy listening to X-Band. We go for hours. Uh, we talk about a really obscure little comic book hero that lot, not lots of people get into, but for whatever reason, you're here and you're listening to us or you're watching us on YouTube. And uh, and so if you can tell us why, uh, this guy could be yours. So um, that what will be... I'll uh, show you under there. Number 167. Number 167. So um, out of, what is it, 1936. Oh, yeah, so um, so he could be yours. Um, just jump onto iTunes, give us that review, and uh, the winner will be chosen by Steve, Jermaine, and myself where you have a look and, and see which of the reviews we enjoy the most, I suppose. So um, it will be at our discretion. We promise that no family members or relatives... Um, or close, well, maybe a close friend, who knows, not a close friend, uh, we'll, we'll be able to take that one home. And um, I don't know, we haven't even discussed whether we're going to get the winner to pay for postage or we'll, uh, we'll come uh, up we'll with a way to get it. We'll pay for postage. We'll pay for we'll, postage. All right, so there you go. So um, completely free coming your way with, a, uh, with a, a positive review for us. So something a little bit exciting. No promises as to when that will happen. There's, we're not going to say it's going to be out before Supernova or uh, uh, Christmas or anything like that. Like some people get carried away with giving dates on and on things. That'll just happen at the 100th episode. That's uh, uh, So that's a bit exciting. Looking forward to that one. Okay. Um, that being said, we need to get into the comics and the news. Uh, not just our news, but the news from all over the world. And we're going to start in Spain. We're going to start with the news, new stuff to buy. And uh, we're going to start in Spain. Now, there's a, a new Spanish hardcover available. Jermaine, you're across this one. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Yep. Uh, very similar to what Hearns are bringing out. Uh, but they're starting off with uh, Cyberry. All of the details, including where you can get it from uh, Amazon Spain, uh, is on the website. Uh, if you need to know anything about the Phantom, check the Chronicle Chamber website out. Uh, with postage and costs and stuff like that, you're looking at roughly $60 Australian after um, transfers and stuff like that. Um, I haven't got mine yet. I've been um, trying to weasel my way into a free copy, which doesn't look like it's happening, so I might actually <laughs> have to buy myself one. Um, but it's starting with Cyberry's artwork, which we all majority of us all love Cyberry, so um, if you can't wait for Herms to see it in very good hardcover format, buy this, it'll be very good. Um, so yeah, and they've, they've, got, they've got a very good history of producing uh, hardcover uh, reproductions, uh, unedited format um, of stuff, including like uh, Danger Girl, um, Prince Valiant and some of the other newspaper strips and stuff like that as well. So um, they've got the runs on the board and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Do you remember the name of the company off the top of your head that's producing it? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Could look it up. 
It's on the uh, yeah, Chronicle Chamber website. It's um starts with oh, M, I think. Um, but yeah, no. So let's. That's right. There's another edit point right there, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, All right, while Jermaine looks that up, we're going to s- keep moving around the globe, and we're going to go from Spain now to <laughs> Canada. Um, and in Canada, lots of people would know, if you're on Facebook and, and on any of the Facebook groups there, that uh, one of the greater um, fan of fans around the world is a, a chap by the name of Guy Passant. Um, I hope I'm getting that pronunciation right for you there, Guy. Um, from here on in, Guy only. and I'm going to ignore the last name. <laughs> Um, now, Guy is a uh, fandom colourer. Um, he loves colouring old fandom artwork and that sort of thing. Won the Fru fandom colouring in competition a little while ago and has started producing his own postcards and uh, anniversary cards, birthday cards, these sorts of things. Um, and uh, must say, they look pretty special. Um, Steve, have you seen these ones pop- floating around on Facebook? Uh, yeah, I have seen uh, popping up on Facebook. I, don't, I haven't made any inquiries to, to get any or anything like that, but um, from what I saw on Facebook, they, they look pretty good. Mm. Yep. They're very nice. Yep. The Diana ones, um, which was the recent ones, I've really, really liked. Um, a couple of them even kept in black and white as well, which I thought was a nice touch. Yep. Uh, he captured some great shots of the Diana, you know, looking good and yep. stuff like that. He's, he's got a good eye, guy. He's got a good yep. eye. Good yep. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I particularly like the um, the historical information he puts on the back of the cards as well. Lets you know which uh, story the panel came from, a little bit of uh, history of the artist um, as well. So one to look out for. If you're keen on those, you need to get on Facebook and go to his uh, page. I think it's called For Those Who Came In Late. Uh, so if you look for a search for For Those Who Came In Late on Facebook, you'll pretty quickly find him there. Uh, otherwise, of course, as with everything else, head to chroniclechamber.com and follow the links from there. It might be as easy as anything else. Yeah, which All is right. good, and the publisher is Dolman Publishing. Right, starts with M, you said. Yeah, <laughs> <thinking> MG. <laughs> just as well, it's on the website, eh? Just as well. <laughs> Very good. All right, well, Dolman's the publisher in uh, Spain. The publisher in Australia, as everybody knows, is Fru. And so we're going to slip now into the publisher news from um, from around the world. Um, and let's start in Australia with Fru. And, well, the news coming out of Fru at the moment is that there's no news. And I think we're all very keen to hear what their news is. Um, Steve, what is the... stringing us along. They are stringing us along. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what's the, the one key thing you'd like to hear from Fru at the moment? One key thing? Yeah. Uh, what's going to be at Supernova? Exactly right. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the... I'm, look, I'm going to get... I'm now on the edge of my seat, um, <laughs> waiting to see what is going on at Supernova. Now, we know a couple of little things because a few little things have snuck out, um, some through through Glenn's podcast interview with us, some through things that have uh, Dudley may have leaked on uh, in the message to the publisher. Um, Jamie Johnson has suggested a couple of things on Facebook. Uh, Renee has said a couple of things on Facebook. So let's go, to go through what we do know and what we think we know and what we'd like to know. Uh, Jermaine, what... What can you tell us that, that you're aware of? Um, well, I've got the whole list that they've both come up with. So do you want me to just to say the whole list or what? 
Well, you're ruining the spontaneity of it, mate. <laughs> He's got well, no idea you... about the dramatic stuff, has he? <laughs> he does, he really doesn't. <laughs> Here I am, trying to build it up. I the whole thing in front of me, too. Folder. <laughs> definitely know there's the universe folder, and we've seen the image of that from Jamie, uh, Jeremy Mercer. Yeah. We definitely know there will be, well, probably about 90% sure that there's going to be a folio series, and... There's already been some leaked of the jam cover, so and Shane Foley in his interview has said that he'll be jumping on board. So whether that's yes. five or six, we don't know. Yep. Um, Jamie Johnson has teased with a poster with his duplicate or which diptych, diptych, which is this one. Yep. Uh, which we'll be reviewing later. Important to note that that's, that's not a through um, publication. Not a through release, product. but it will be sold in their booth. Yeah. Uh, because the Jamie will be located the whole time. There's going to be the man bag. Whether that actually happens or not, we will have to wait and see. I'm not really looking forward to that one. I hope that does happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it will be good because we need something to carry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, maybe this is just... You know, Glenn just trying to uh, stylize some of the, um, uh, the 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 bogans up in Queensland because uh, there's a fair few of them that are coming down, like oh. Paul and Dan <laughs> and um, a few others that maybe need a little bit of metroing up. Oh mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna get two of these man bags and I'm gonna turn them into saddlebags on the back of my Triumph. So uh, really looking forward to having that extra luggage space on the bike. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I can say that there won't be another sketch cover. So I think they've still got some sketch covers left over from last year. That's uh, the drums of timpani story. So we won't see a, a new story in a sketch cover. So we won't see a new blank cover, if that makes yep. sense. Yep. Um, apart from that, I don't, I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys can think of that you would like to see or that you've heard of? Well, they've got Have three it? booths. Seven. You didn't mention that. Mm. They've grown no. from, uh, from one a couple of years ago to two and now, now to three. That's um, That's incredible. It just shows the um, how much the fans are calling out for these guys to come to Supernova. Yeah, and I well, think part of that is going to give the, uh, with all of the old, middle, fat, white-aged guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, they need the extra room. <laughs> they need to spread out around the booth, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit smelly by two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> he was me thinking it's mostly around giving the artists more room to uh, to draw, but <laughs> yeah, it's probably just about uh, <laughs> herding the sheep and the cattle at the front of the shop. <laughs> okay, so um, so that's what we that's that's what we know. It's three booths. Hopefully, the the, the extra booths mean the extra stuff for us to buy. I ha- there was some um, actually one one little tidbit that did squeeze out on Facebook was from somebody who probably knows more than we do, is closer to sources than we are, and I'm not going to name names, but uh, it, it was suggested that to, if you wanted to buy one of everything that was going to be released by Fru at Supernova, you'd need somewhere between $700 and $1,000. So um, so that's a thing to consider, especially if you're, you're saving um, to get there. I'm not going to say knowing, that much. <laughs> knowing who that person is, he usually buys two or three of everything. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure there'll be some new bookmarks as well. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah. Now, um, anything about those, a new colouring book? I don't know. I, I think it probably depends on how much the fir- if the first one sold well or not. My yeah. local comic shop is talking about um, 
well, I've, I've still got my order in saying that I'd like, you know, the comic book, uh, the colouring book, even though I picked one up at um, up in Sydney when I was there, or last year, whenever it was. But that one's kind of like my used copy, and I want a, a fresh one. Um, mm. And they said, oh, yeah, that should be coming in soon. So whether that's um, the old, you know, number one, or whether there's a, a new one coming yeah. out and that one's going to be doing, I don't know, just speculation. Mm. Um, yeah. It'd be cool for me. One, one thing that I... One thing that I really liked, uh, you talk about having a, a used one and a, and a fresh fresh one, or, a, you know, um, one thing that I really liked my colouring in book for was um, to collect autographs and uh, getting the artists to actually sign their pages. Um, so the one that I got at the booth last year has got probably half a dozen signatures in it, and I'll probably take it down again um, in case there's any new artists there that I, that well, I need to get. get that, where did you get that great idea from, Dan? Feel like that was my idea. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe you were around when it happened. <laughs> uh, I had the idea, and a few other people jumped on it. <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, it's a, it's a good idea, and we're going to share it. And uh, if you've got a colouring, everyone's going to do it. <laughs> well, why not, mate? Why not? It's uh, fantastic <laughs> yeah. to have. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was colouring now, another thing for people, if you are going to Sydney for Supernova or for the dinner or anything, and you're listening to this and you want to be kept up to date and join in chats for when people are meeting up for whether it's lunch, dinner, drinks on Friday night or catching the train Saturday morning or anything like that, let us know because we've created a messenger, uh, Facebook messenger group chat, mm. um, which there's been a lot of banter on. Um, uh, and the, the, there's one thing that you have to do is you have to post emojicons and animated GIFs. <laughs> uh, that's a prerequisite from uh, our, our good friend down in Melbourne. Uh, um, he loves them. So, yeah, but if, you, if you're wanting to kind of be included and know when people are catching up whether it, and get in touch with people because, you know, it's a little bit easier than text messages or, or, or phone calls or something like that, let one of us know and we can add you to the group and we can go from there. Mm. And yep. when we know more stuff, we will post it up on the web as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So um, let us know. If, you, if you're if you not on Messenger, if you're not on Facebook, um, just uh, email us at chroniclechamber.com and uh, we can work out a way to get you in that group as well. All right. Uh, further, further publisher news and uh, let's skip over to Scandinavia now um, and see what Egmont have got out for us at the moment. Um, one of the big things just recently was that they released their best stories of 2017. They announced those results. And uh, it was interesting to see the the artists and the authors who um, you know were voted as best stories were really spruiking those on Facebook as well. Um, they must be really really quite chuffed to have um, got those got those uh, those wins. So um, again, as our resident Eggbond expert, uh, Germ, um, can you tell us what was going on there? I wouldn't say Egmont expert. My no, but the only one in, in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the best story was a newspaper story for Sweden, uh, and the best story was uh, Egmont created one by Philip Madden, which we'll probably be talking a little bit more about in a second, uh, and Joan Box. Um, so a lot of those people weren't aware that they were voted. Um, so we, we put the article up, forwarded it to them so they can be aware that they have They've been very surprised and very humbled by that. So um, 
On behalf of the artists and writers, thank you to everyone who voted for them. Um, they really enjoyed it, and the artists and creators and stuff enjoy hearing feedback from fans. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, mostly. So, mostly. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, obviously, uh, we will. The podcast that just went, which isn't out when we're recording this, but was out. Will be shortly. Yeah, for this stuff. <laughs> Um, we did hear some sad stories about a, um, a past artist who took a lot of negative stuff to heart as well. So, um, do, you, do you think it's interesting that um, the uh, Fru readers in Australia chose a Scandinavian story as their best story of 2017, but the Scandinavian readers of Egmont chose a newspaper Tony DePaul story, uh, Farewell to the Deep Woods, I think, um, as their best story. It's uh, sort of counterintuitive, isn't it? Um, well, let's put it this way. It's the first time that a newspaper story has been voted as the best one for, I don't know the exact, but I'm thinking 10, 15 plus years. So um, what's also interesting is that uh, Egmont got a lot of negative press from people about, well, apparently got a lot of negative press about the story. So... It, might have, it, it was a bit of a polarising one, you mm. know, but obviously more people liked it because it got voted as the best mm. story. Now, for those who are wondering why Norway didn't vote it, um, it was released as in 2018 for Norway and not 2017 last week. Mm. Uh, mm. The other thing which I didn't touch in the article, which I probably should have, but I wonder how much the stories at the end of the year, I wonder how much that influences the best story because that's the story that's fresh in people's minds mm. so mm. that's something but um mm. yeah it's 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 you know it is interesting to see a newspaper story because um yeah it hasn't happened for a long time mm. Mm. very good very good now you mentioned philip madden and joan boyd so that was the the um norwegian choice was it yes. for best story okay so philip madden is sectin constant Constantinople? How do you say that country? Constantinople. Yeah, that's the one. Constantinople, not Constantinople. Uh, Was that the flood saying that? Uh, I thought it was They Might Be Giants, but um, I could be wrong. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was They Might Be Giants. You're absolutely right. All right. uh, That's why we're a fandom podcast, not a music podcast. Although Steve would probably be just as easily at home on the other. Uh, anyway, Philip Madden wrote uh, wrote the Constantinople story. He's also written a, a story that has um, stirred a little bit of controversy online, um, I guess because it raises a what's been a controversial topic around the world over the last few years, and that is the, the story officially titled The Golden Eagle, but uh, quickly becoming known as The Rainbow Story um, because of the image of the rainbow flag on the front cover. Now, Jermaine has written a, a really interesting and thought-provoking article about this. Uh, it's on chroniclechamber.com. Um, it, but we're not the only ones to have released a story on it. It's actually grown a bit of legs online. There's five or six different uh, sites are picking up um, talk about this story. And, um, you know, that's a bit unusual, again, for the fandom. So if nothing else... Um, Philip has certainly generated some talk around the world about the character again. Um, Jermaine, you, you wrote the article. Is there anything you, you want to reflect on here? Um, it was a hard article to write because I wanted to leave my emotions behind or not, you know, not put my 
emotions in the story. I wanted to like state the facts, let people actually realize that the whole Rainbow Saga is like three or four pages. Mm. It's not the whole story. There's yep. it's it's like a subplot of a story. Mm. Um, and I've I was taught, I had a great I've had a great chat with uh, Philip Madden, Alex Suviak, and uh, even the cover artist uh, Henrik Selstrom, and also uh, some other. Uh, readers as well, Andreas, Thomas, Ivan, and some others as well. And it's you know it's been interesting. There's been some uh, people saying that they've cancelled their subscription because of the one image. They haven't actually read the story, yeah. uh, but they've just based on the one image they've cancelled their subscription. Or people are you know whether you know and there's a lot of and like you said at the beginning, it's it is a very uh, controversial discussion which. Is sad because, you know, I don't, you know, we don't want to get into, mm. the, you know, because it, yeah, we won't go into that. But um, yeah, have a read of the, have a read of it. Um, if you yes. have to comment, please leave your emotions behind. Remember that what's actually happening is the phantom sticking up for someone who's in trouble, um, and that's what, that that that's actually the point that Philip and. Alex and also Henrik and a lot of other fans and uh, creators have actually wanted to stress is that what this is is someone's in danger and the Phantom is coming to help them mm. and that is the Phantom we love. Mm. You know, yeah. we all fell in love. It's the, it's the skull oath that he um, uh, that he swore to fight against injustice, to fight against the people that can't help themselves, and that's what happens in this story throughout the whole story. Not just that three, four pages, but the whole 20 pages. Mm. It is the phantom fighting against people who are, you know, breaking the law and and picking on people who shouldn't be, you know, who shouldn't be picked on. Mm. Um, you know, so it's, yeah. it is controversial. It's good to see the phantom getting some spotlight and some media attention. Like um, in talking to um, uh, Henrik... You know, Henrik, who's the cover artist, his cover image has been, you know, it's probably one of his most famous covers now. Yeah, already. Uh, yeah, and he's been, um, yeah, getting a, you know, a lot of attention with this cover. Um, uh, it's even issues have been flying off the, um, off the shelves. There's been some going on like uh, eBay equivalent, on it, which is called Tradera, and that, and they've been, you know, going high prices because it is such a controversial issue mm. so um, yeah it's just sad that unfortunately some people have to and this is on both sides so you know you know on both sides some you know some fans have um, uh, let themselves down on both sides mm. so it's mm. a little bit disappointing I'll, I'll be really you know I, I really hope that Fru do pick it up and and um, print the story in Australia in English. Um, I, I hope that they actually get Philip Madden's original script. I think uh, I remember in the interview you guys did with him, this was before I came on board the podcast, he mentioned that his scripts get translated into Scandinavian and then for whatever reason we translate from Scandinavian back into English and so um, <laughs> the message gets lost. Why we don't just go to Philip and say, look, what, what was the, what was your original dialogue? Let's just plug that in. It would seem a lot easier and, uh, um, and a lot more straightforward. But anyway, I, hope that, um, I really hope that we see the story here because, as you say, we need to be able to read it before we can 
um, make judgments, and uh, lots of people are very quick to make judgments. Um, probably the same St Kilda fans who were burning their membership cards after round three. Um, things turn around, guys. Uh, you know, oh, um... St Kilda? No, they've got a reason to burn their memberships. <laughs> uh, it, we, it's just uh, it's just a matter of being actually informed before you uh, rush to judgment. I think. Yeah, and it is controversial, but you know, let's wait for it to be published by free. Um, yep. and then we can go from there and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, whatever your, wherever, whatever your political stance is, you know, leave your emotion at checked. Um, we're discussing the phantom, not your, you know, whatever stance you have. That's, um, you know, that's a discussion elsewhere. All right. Uh, now, um, from Scandinavia across the island. This is a, around the world in 80 days, this podcast today. Um, now we're across, across the island. This and, podcast doesn't go this for 80 days. Funny. <laughs> I laughed about this. Well, I'm not sure we can tell this this very funny story just yet. <laughs> um, it might be for others to tell and yeah. uh, tell in their own way. <laughs> but um, we have been in touch with uh, Lightning Strikes and... Um, the Scarlet Sapphire story, which certainly Australians are desperate to read, has been posted now. I think it's the third time. Um, <laughs> no, lightning doesn't strike once, nor twice. <laughs> Let's hope it actually happens three times. <laughs> so um, I, there's a, there's a renewed confidence that it's going to get to Australia this time. There's a story behind the reason it didn't the first couple of times. Um, now, Owen, uh, from a couple of podcasts ago, um, has shared with us what the story is, but uh, he's, he's, it's a funny story, as Steve said, but it's also a bit embarrassing, I think, uh, <laughs> for him. <laughs> so we'll let him tell that in his own way and in his own time. Um, but uh, but the, 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 the gist of it is that hopefully Scarlet Sapphire will be in Australia very, very soon. We've got, a, we've got tracking numbers going on. There's emails to um, uh, Phantom's Vault. Um, everything is shaping up good to go at this time. Let's just say that luckily the good mark is crossed. <laughs> yes. Um, now, did, as part of that message, you've, you've said there, here, Jermaine, that there's teased with a big announcement. Is this a different announcement, isn't it? A different announcement. Um, yes. So the announcement that he initially broke in the podcast interview with us, he's put on their Facebook that they're about to do a big announcement. Now, that may come out before this podcast goes live. So if it does, you could have heard about it first here. Otherwise, <laughs> um, but if uh, Dan and Steve get their editing ears on, Stay tuned. We'll do what we can. Um, check out the Lightning Strike comic book page, uh, Facebook page, now to see what the news is. It may, it may be there. Or you can just follow us, and then we'll uh, post it when it comes out. We will absolutely do that for you. Um, so, sorry, Steve, I've sort of skipped through those last couple of things. Anything that uh, sprung to mind um, well, for I you? Know, that... I know nothing about anything at the moment. The, I've, I've seen flashes <laughs> of rainbows go across certain things but I've been too busy to pay too much heat I've realised something's going on there and I haven't even seen any of those comments so I'm, I haven't uh, yeah I just haven't seen all that so luckily I got to miss that but um, I was just reading the um, your, little journal, your little article there Jermaine I thought that was quite well written 
Um, we skipped over Hermes Press. I know they've got no news, but um, my big news mm. about Hermes is my local comic shop has got one of their um, big hardcovers in there. Uh, I, I think it was a Sunday, or it could be a day. I actually got no idea. I didn't. I was, I was too shocked to, to see that they actually had it in there. Um, you probably weren't carrying your gold-plated platinum credit card to be able to afford to buy it either. Yeah, 110 dollars. It said. Yeah. And, really? um, so, but the thing wasn't shrink wrapped or anything. I could flick through it. Um, oh, okay. Which I haven't seen that happen very often. Um, was it in colour or black and white? It was in colour, and and. Oh, that, it was been a Sunday then. And what um what got me like you said before about Hermes doing the doing a great job with these and that that Spanish one as well. When I um flicked it open and looked at the colour, that didn't strike me as something I want to buy to tell you the truth. That the the colours just weren't that striking. They they, they seemed quite faded. Um mm. and yeah maybe well, it's because the the prints or whoever, yeah. however much... Yeah, that's how, that's how it would have looked like originally, though. That's the yeah. look they got before. So, you got, so, in my mind, you've got to make a, um, a stance or a decision whether you want something completely unedited like that or you want something a bit touched up that you actually enjoy reading. Um, like the free trade paperback. Yeah, which is absolutely fantastic with their colours. And, yeah, they've mm. got to change the... Um, the size of the frames every now and then. I know some of the artists, um, or you read about some of the artists who get a little bit um, grumpy about that, what, with stretching or, or, or shrinking or whatever. But I get grumpy about that. And, you know, phantom fans, I suppose. <laughs> but um, I don't. I actually think it flows nicely. And, um, <sighs> I know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not you. I'm, I'm, not. A, I'm a purist. <laughs> I, like, I like to read things that in a flowing manner in an easy I, I don't need to work to to get my enjoyment from phantom from a comic um but anyway what i was saying was that i didn't like the colors i thought the colors were uh, were a bit fatted a bit of wash and if i want to read a phantom in color i'll read what fru's been doing and which has been nice and dynamic and what have you mm. fair enough fair enough Old. Um, speaking of Hermes, um, are you guys picking up the um, the Avon novel reprints? When they come out again, I will be. Yeah, um, I'll so, so I've got a standing order at my local comic book shop, and um, so I already had one, two, three, and four. He proudly told me, okay, the latest one's come in. I went, I've been in and I've bought that. It was only when I got home I realised it was number six. So is there is that uh, something you notice as well, Jermaine, when you've been buying them that you've got. I've only got one and two because I've been getting mine through Phantom's Vault and right. Phantom's Vault and Hermes. By the sounds of it, from what I can gather, they're not talking because they're not, you know no new comics. Oh, okay, right. Okay, well, um, I'd be interested to know from people who are listening if that's the case that that you found that in your local shop or uh, you've been buying them. Um, have you been able to get five or has six just come out early or, or what's going on there? So um, maybe comment on the on the post or whatever if you if you know anything about that. Anyway, um, as, as, <laughs> as Steve said, there's nothing new to come out of Hermes, and now we've spent ten minutes talking about them. So uh, they've they've done well out of us there. <laughs> Um, events I've been around the world. For is their it new no- novels every time we're in the shop, and I haven't seen. I've only seen the um, the first one in there. But oh, I'm, okay. I'm down in Melbourne in a couple of weeks, I'll have a look then. Have another look around then. Yeah. Okay. So uh, speaking of going to 
comic book shops and those sorts of things. Uh, free comic book day is coming up soon. Now, almost certainly, I can guarantee you that this podcast will be out after free comic book day has happened. Um, but uh, I hope then... Yeah, pretty confident. <laughs> if, if we run true to form. It, look, fingers crossed it comes out before free comic book day, but uh, don't, don't hold your breath. Don't, don't hold your breath. Um, it won't. It won't. <laughs> just, just, just quickly gloss over it, saying it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, hope, <laughs> hopefully well, you, you gotta were... you to Dan to edit his anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> no, look, 96 could come out before 95. We're, we're not married to that. It's, oh, well, I suppose so. <laughs> Herms just did it, so... Uh... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Free Comic Book Day, some of the stuff that's going on around the world. If you're in Sydney, then the Phantom Zone is obviously a, a fantastic little comic book store. Um, Jamie Johnson is going to be in there. I'd imagine Glenn Ford will probably make an appearance as well, even though nothing's been announced there. Uh, but Jamie Johnson certainly is going to be spending the day in at the Phantom Zone. Uh, King's Comics in the CBD, Paul Mason and Andrew Constant are both going to be in there for the day. So if you're a Phantom fan in Sydney, then probably a couple of little stores for you to visit there. And if you're in Melbourne or um, broader Melbourne of Victoria, then hopefully you've been able to get into um, the Melbourne meetup at, I'm going to say the comic book, the Australian Comic Book Museum or the Australian Comic Museum, um, and Trevor Clark is uh, getting it. Did I get that right, Trevor Clark? Have I said his name wrong? No, that's right. Trevor. Just say Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Um, is going to have a stall there with a a bit of Phantom stuff and uh, planning to have a meet up there as well, which we have put on um, Chronicle Chamber. So hopefully everyone has enjoyed those. Um, So as you say, we'll gloss over that. A big, big thing that has happened in um, a Phantom event around the world was at the Big Apple Comic Con a couple of weeks ago. um, And the great man, Cy Barry... Um, made an appearance, a very rare appearance these days, doesn't come out and meet fans very often, um, ticked over his 90th birthday and so we can understand the reasons for him um, not getting out and about as much as he used used to, but by all accounts it was a, a fantastic day down at the Comic Con. Have you guys had a chance to, to read uh, Duncan Munro, our, our new junior CC member, uh, roving reporter, went over to New York for the Comic-Con. Have you had a chance to read his account of the day and, and see the video that uh, he acquired? Yeah, no, read it, it good. in the video. Yeah, I'm sure Duncan was very disappointed that when you said, and, you know, and there was, the, you know, like when you introduced him, said there was the great man himself, Duncan would have been waiting for you to say his name. His and name. Said, <laughs> Sorry, Barry, yeah, he would have been very disappointed at that. <laughs> I think Duncan knows he's like half a step behind Cy Barry in the, uh, the, the Phantom Pantheon. <laughs> uh, um, look, I, I really enjoyed watching uh, Cy speak. So when you get a chance, Steve, make sure you go on and have a look at our YouTube channel and we've put the video up there from Duncan um, of Cy speaking at the, at the panel there with uh, Joe Giella and Ramona. I'm sorry, Ramona. Um, you're not going to hear this, but uh, I've forgotten your last name. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, we we have edited that because we're a phantom-friendly channel to just have the Cy Barry stuff. And, look, we've had the pleasure, the three of us, of, of speaking to Cy Barry. Hopefully lots of people who are listening to this enjoyed hearing our interview with Cy Barry. Um, but to actually sit there and watch him speak, and, and some of the stories he told we heard on the interview and some of them we didn't, um, but to actually 
he doesn't look like a 90-year-old. I don't know what, what you thought, Jermaine, watching him speak. He seems sprightly and, and still young at heart. Yeah, very young at heart. I think, and, you know, we've talked to Dan, his son, as well. Whenever David. he talked, David, so whenever he talks to fan and fans, whether it was us on the podcast or, or whatever, it energises him. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, and it's been the same as when we've talked to other other people as well, especially in the US where it's fandom's not as popular. Mm. To be able to um, go there and see all of these people enjoying talking to him, people coming from Australia, and Duncan wasn't the only one. There was other there was other Australians there as well, and he would have got a huge buzz out of that, and I probably would have, you know, um, he would have loved it. And so um, it was good to see him out. It was good to see uh, people maybe falling back in love with the fandom um, yeah. over in the US as well. So um, uh, Si and David and everyone else who organised that. Uh, and good market to you guys. And, um, yeah, uh, hopefully um, we can see Si again. Yeah, absolutely. He was on the panel with Ramona Framon, by the way. Thank you. Uh, fact checker, uh, Steve. Well done, thank you. I'll just um, go to I just went to for that information. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good website. Saved us a few times. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty good. For all your phantom needs. <laughs> um, well, I really enjoyed seeing the photos of Sai, and you've just sort of alluded to it there, Jim, um, of Sai with younger fans. Like, there's a couple there that I thought, geez, you're, you're not much more than a teenager, or um, a couple of uh, younger ladies and those sorts of things. Um, who were who were posing there with Sai and, and picking up pages of his artwork and that sort of thing, and it, it did. It felt like a, you know, uh, coming out and, and seeing the new generation. So um, Sai Sai uh, coming out like that and and meeting the fans was fantastic. Duncan Munro going over there to see him was sensational. Um, and the reason that he was over there, really, like uh, we we didn't send him over. The the Patreon money doesn't uh, doesn't stretch that far. And if it did, I'd have gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it would have been one of us. And... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, Duncan went over uh, of his own volition. That one. <laughs> Duncan went over by himself to to actually pick up a gift for Sammy J and to make a special video recording with Sai that they used at the Hero Complex finale. Now I don't again you've got to jump on our YouTube channel and, and check this out um, or, or have a look at the the page that um, you know Duncan and Sammy provided quotes for for us. Um, that just looked like a, a wonderful way to finish the Hero Complex run. We've all seen the uh, the show and I think that would have been just a, a wonderful way. For, for fans who were there on that night to to see the whole thing sort of come together. Yeah. I was talking to Alex or the game designers, Dale. I was talking yep. to one of them. They both went to that night. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one I was talking to, but... Um, they just said it was just such a fitting end, and you know that was the first time I think that they had actually seen the show. Yeah. Um, and they just said it was you know they they loved the show, but then just that end and the whole surprise and the gifts and and stuff like that. And so it, yeah, I think it um I think yeah you're right. It was it was a very fitting finale. But I think there might be one more uh one more um uh well how how can we say. One more side story or one more finale before oh, it's closed. Yeah, I reckon there's one more. 
One more. One more. One more thing. Well, fing- yeah. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Um, now, Steve, you're in Ballarat. You're not far from Melbourne where the finale was. Why did you not move heaven and earth to get there? It was sold out by the time I went to go get tickets. <laughs> why, didn't uh, contact, why didn't you contact um, 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 Sammy J and ask for a freebie? Oh, I don't want to use my um, my position <laughs> you know, to get to jump the queue. I'm not much of a queue. I'm not used to doing that. I'm used to always being on the back and letting people go before me. But I really should have. <laughs> I, I love how you think we've got any sort of position. <laughs> Well, maybe I used to, but I got a free ticket, so. Uh, well, uh, I didn't want we didn't. We didn't. You know, have a much a, a ticket cost. You know, it's his, it's his livelihood that he can't be given. We, we don't all have. Early. We don't all have grand skull caves for for him to come and visit and uh, spend four hours drooling over either, <laughs> yeah. Germ. <laughs> That's it. Uh, all right. So, sorry. Go along. Maybe we should get into the comics, eh? You don't want to talk about your uh, lost TV series? No, no, no. People, there's a lot of... All right, so there's been some No, no, good... no all right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> there's there's been believe. a couple of good articles written by myself uh, about some cool collectibles <laughs> and a lost TV series. Do yourself a favour. Go onto the website and read it. Um, like, did you guys enjoy reading about the, the new collectibles and the lost collectibles and the lost TV sh- series? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's always interesting to find out a bit of stuff about, um, and both occasions I think were like early 80s type fandom history. Um, you know, that's a, a bit before we were certainly aware of the world um, at, at our age. Um, so it was really fantastic to, to see what was what was out there that we didn't quite get in Australia and what was out there that didn't quite happen for the world, which was a shame. But, uh, yeah, yeah, really fascinating to see. Yeah, so you can read it all on the web. Do yourself a favour and learn a bit of fandom history. All right, so there's a there's a little bit of sugar for you there um, for people to go and check out chroniclechamber.com if you haven't seen those already. So we are going to move into the comics section of the Comics and News podcast, and um, that is all about Fru, of course, because uh, they're the only ones really that have been releasing um, comics in English for us to read at the moment. So... Um, we'll start, we're looking at 1806 to begin with, so 1806 Garand's Secret with the uh, the front cover by Johnny Nordland there, and there's a really uh, fascinating story about uh, Johnny Nordland and his history as a as a fruit cover artist, which again, um, Andreas was nice enough to, to send us a large piece of copy which we put up on the website, and uh, which is, the, I guess, the extended version of what Dudley has used as the message from the publisher in this episode. Um, Garan's secret. Um, who'd like to to open the the batting on this one? I'm going to say Jermaine because I've left my copy back on my desk, and uh, yeah, so I, <laughs> I need you to, to start talking about it so I can remind myself about it. Oh, You've this was the glove. Co- oh, yeah, I know what this. Check is. the glove box. Uh, no, center I, console I, there. It's not up on the dash. I, I dropped it on my way out and I forgot to pick it back up. That's that's what's happened. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this story. Um, I've to be honest, I really enjoyed probably the six comics that we're reviewing tonight is probably some of the best bundle of comics we've done on the Comics and News for a, for a while. And it's probably got a little bit to do with the fact there's no um, 
uh, replica edition in it. So um, yeah, see, see, you and I disagree on uh, on on the bundle, but that's all right. We'll talk about that at the end, perhaps. Um, but no, this story was fascinating. It's fascinating to get a bit of information about Guran, you know, beyond what we already know. Um, but we've seen the skull that's the the scar on his head. We've seen that in quite a few issues. Um, so this explains that. I think it was one of the I can't say I've ever noticed it before. No, no there was a comic that I... You rarely see him without his hat. There was a comic I read just recently. Um, it was a bit of dunny reading. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was either the um, Horn of Roland, I think it might have been, um, where he had his hat off and there was a scar on it as well. And I'm like, hey, that scar's because of Guran's secret and stuff like that. So um, I enjoy... Sometimes one of the problems that I find with the fandom is that sometimes, and this is just sometimes, that some of the secondary characters don't have that much development in them. And mm. this is a good one because it gives us a lot more information about Garan. Garan takes a little bit more of a centre stage. Same as with, say, Kid Fan, which we'll talk about later. We got to learn a little bit more about Garan. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. The art was big, bold, and stuff like mm. that, so yeah. I, I really like Oscar Erlip's um, artwork, and, um, you know, this is a 1985 story. It's a, it's a pity that uh, that we've had to wait so long. I think the um, the fan of Cowboys, the, uh, sorry, the, the, the annual that we saw this year, it's probably the first time I knew for a fact or, or was aware of him as an artist, and, and, uh, um, and I said well, at the time... Of, yeah, most of his first stuff was released in the 80s as well, so... Right. Yeah. And I've certainly been paying a lot more attention to who the artist was and that sort of thing, probably since I've been part of the website and the podcast crew. So um, I may well have seen his artwork before, but just not paid as much attention to who it was. Um, and I think I said when we reviewed the, the annual, the Cowboy series, Wild West, that it, it got a bit samey and I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, having had the break and then seeing some, some jungle stuff, um, not just Wild West, I really I really like his artwork. It's, uh, yeah... Quite, uh, quite appealing to me. And the, the the plot of the story, the whole Cain and Abel, it's been done to death, but it's in, in know, Phantom it's, stories as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's I enjoyed it. It was a good, fun read. It was good um, for us to actually finally get it after what? What would you say? Eighty-five. So that's yeah, thirty-three years. Yeah. Thirty-two, so, thirty-three. You know. Um, so it's it's good to see it's good to see Free bringing out some of these good golden oldies. Mm. Yeah, didn't set my world on fire. So yeah, okay. And then at the end, when it's just like, no, that didn't happen. It was, yeah, it was okay. See, I actually liked that bit. I liked the bit that's like, <laughs> did it really happen, or is it just like, you know, like being ro- well, romanced a little bit to you know make it a better story, or has you know, Garand just kind of blocked it out because, you know, it was his love. You know, it was... Um, and it was also his brother. It would have been a fairly traumatic time. So yeah. I, I kind of liked that little bit of... Oh, yeah, that's story. right. I remember the story. Now, we, the we know... Yeah. Oh, I understand what you're saying there because I, 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 we're both English teachers. You would have marked short stories at the end where the kids have written and then it was all a dream. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's the worst possible conclusion <laughs> to a story. Um, that's just such a cop-out. Now, th- this isn't that type of a cop-out, but I understand where you're coming from because it is a bit, oh, no, that never happened. But 
we have got concrete proof that this did happen and that Duran did have a twin brother, Zoran, despite his protests at the end. You know what that proof is? The universe card. The universe card. It says on says on here definitively that he has a twin brother called Zoran. And uh, actually, my um, my son, when he got the universe card, said, oh, I didn't know that Garan had a twin brother and that his dad was Turan and his twin brother was Zuran. So um, Glenn said, I probably shouldn't take this stuff too seriously, but it's in the universe card. So that <laughs> is definitive. Who wrote it? Who wrote the story? No, the universe card. Um, don't, don't... I think Andrew Constance tri- uh, tr- credited with writing the universe cards for Kid Phantom, isn't he? Oh. It says on the back of the universe card folder um, who the the writers for all of those are. Now this may well have I, I can't imagine that Andrew probably does write these. Um, although there maybe is a clue in this this caption here down here because it says memories of learning jungle lore with his constant companion. Huh? Huh? There might be something in that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> this is going places it was never meant to go. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Grand Secret, we um, generally enjoyed that, but maybe a little bit on the fence. Now, um, 1807, like 1808. Sorry? I didn't like the cover. Oh, you didn't like the cover for, no. for Grand Secret? No. Show it up again, Yeah. Yep, I know, cover your face. Yep, that's better. Yep. Um, what didn't you like about it? I just didn't think it looked like a cover. Fair enough. It is a, a the the faces of the pygmy are probably a little bit cartoony. Um, yeah, that's probably what it was. Was one, was one thing that I sort of noticed. It didn't anyway, the world on fire. fair enough. Well, if you didn't like that cover, then I'm pretty confident you would have liked the cover of the next two. And we're going to review these like together because, well, for all of the reasons. Now, we would have to be too tricky on this YouTube channel to try and hold up because we're working on three panels that I can see and the guys can't see to try and get the uh, the diptych cover coming across. Um, but Jamie Johnson's cover on this one, the, the diptych, surely you're enjoying this one a little bit better, Steve? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is fantastic. Great cover. Eye-catching. Great dynamic. Great use of light. And we've seen, well, we've seen the progress of it pretty much from conception to, to print. But it's always good to hold the hard copy in your hot little hand. Mm. Yeah, I now, certainly which prefer, prefer that. Do you prefer the the trip the trip kit one or the dip kit one? Um, do you like both? Oh, we can. I prefer the trip kit one. I prefer the uh, empty or the twenty second Phantom saga. I like the cover. Uh, I'm not saying I don't like this one. I just preferred that one. Yeah, I pro- yeah, that'll be interesting because um, we've already mentioned that Jamie's planning on, on having a um, poster of this one available at Supernova, and it'll be interesting to put the two posters next to each, next to each other. But mm. I, I certainly like elements of this, like the, the explosion on the back of 1807, I think is um, you know so brilliant. What it, That's a fantastic image. The use of lighting, you've mentioned that, um, mm. Steve, and, and that's Thomas Mason's work, the way that he uses the... The lamp post um, to to illuminate the scene on that goes across both covers. Uh, it's, um, you know, 
I think there's there's positives. Certainly, they're both great covers. Um, yeah, I love the explosion's probably my best point of yeah. the of the whole cover. I love the explosion. It's just it looks great. Yeah. Um, so the other reason why we're going to obviously talk about these two stories together is because they're linked to inside as well as outside. Um, 1807 is Black Dagger Part One. The Ragdoll, 1808 is Black Dagger Part 2, The Curse of Black Annis. So can we talk about um, the Black Black Dagger as a story, Parts 1 and Part 2? It yeah, was written by Clarence Rumerthy and uh, illustrated by Carrie Lappinen. Stephen, you're about to fall asleep, yeah. so why don't you go first? So yeah, it starts off, um, Fam's on one of his many travels. He's going over to... He's off to England. He's off to the UK, of course. Um, I should know that without even looking because of what happens in the story and then there's a massive explosion at the train station not trying to give away too many plot points but that's what really sets um, this story going and um, a young child and when saying about um, the fans standing up for, for those who can't stand up for themselves and he goes to avenge um, the death of, of the innocent such as um, this young girl and he carries this little rag doll around with him um, which if you have a look on 1808 on the front cover if you can see it just in the darkness I didn't notice this when um, when Jamie was creating the cover and we saw it online but when I see it in real life if you look just down the bottom there the carries a little ragdoll along with him um, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you I didn't see that until um, until uh, had the, held the hardcover of the comic, and it's almost a bit creepy, the, the little is, doll down it? there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, little Chucky. Do you, do you think the reason... <laughs> do you think that maybe that front cover might be a little bit dark? Well, so you didn't, make, you didn't see it? Oh, did you notice it in the digital version online that Jamie showed Yeah, us? I did. Okay. No, I, I certainly didn't. Anyway, um, and I think the story it, it kicks along nicely from the from the explosion up through to the um, conclusion. You know, the bad guys are bad. They've got and what I like about a, a bad guy um, is that they have a, a reason for what they're doing. Um, no matter how you might think it's weird or whatever, but they they're clear on on what they want to do. And these guys seem pretty clear on on. Um, on what they want to do and why they want to do it, they're they're ticked off Scotsman, Scotsman by the looks of things, and um, then they go and tick off the English, which is always fun. And the Phantom is uh, caught up in the middle of it all. Um, now, unfortunately, we can't talk about 1807 without talking about the a little bit of an error, a printing error, which um, Fru were very very apologetic about. Um, if you're reading it along and then all of a sudden. Hang on, what's going on there? Why is he on the boat? Hang on, he's mm. not on the boat anymore. Um, but once you get through that, and they've, um, I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, well, I was, I was lucky enough that um, I saw, and I do hate spoilers online, but it, just about the first person who read the comic jumped on Facebook and, and reported the missing pages, etc. Um, and so I just didn't read, I didn't even pick up 1807 until 1808 arrived, and then... Uh, was able to read them together, and it didn't prove to be a huge problem. No. You just read it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the fact remains, I read them together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, start the... Or, oh, 
07 start really is bookend by explosions. One at a, um, a train station and, and one on a river. Oh, I'm guessing yeah. it's the Thames, but I'm just taking yep. a guess there. No, no, yeah. Not really looking. Um, and, yeah, so would you like to take over from that and go... Well, we're doing this all at once. Or... Did you like the story? Did you yeah, like I, the I enjoyed the story, absolutely. I enjoyed the way it was written. I enjoyed the artwork. I think... Um, uh, it was a, a cracker, and I'm just trying. I've, I've, yeah, so 1807, I, I really enjoyed it. 1808. Um, oh, I remember reading this, and I was I was tired when I was reading it. I was reading it late at night, so it I had to reread the end again because things got a little bit confusing. Mm. Um, and that is that does tend to happen with Ramirez's political historical thrillers. Um, those stories they they do get very dense at times and you've got to try and follow who's what and and try and pick up a bit of the history of you know mm. the Scottish insurgents and, um, and that sort of thing and I thought this was better than some of the other ones that he's done in that regard because it was pretty easy to keep track of um, of that but uh, yeah. it, it, it's interesting we've already talked a little bit about um, the fandom in political stories and this sort of thing um, tonight and this is very much you know in that vein of um, you know, not taking sides because the fandom's very much, um, you know, about avenging the the mother and daughter who were killed in that that explosion at the very beginning. Um, yeah. But doesn't, yeah, yeah I, it doesn't care about the crap, the like the, the stolen jewelry. It's more about the person who who killed yeah. by the bomb, who's in charge of that, who is yeah. who he wants to seek uh, justice. Sure. So it's a it's a very good point that you make. And, that's and very keen. And especially there at the end, where he um, he ignores the the pomp and ceremony. You know, he, instead yes. of going to the uh, yeah. to the VIP, he goes to the to the grave of the of those. Yeah, died. yeah. So he's keen to make sure the crown jewels are returned, but doesn't need to go and see the queen about it. Uh, instead, no. he's yeah, he's done his job there, and and probably doesn't the... like cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> Yes, indeed. So, interesting. Uh, so, um, what about you, Jim? Um, you're a uh, Ramethi Lapinen fan. You must have enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, they, you make a good point before about the whole historical and how there's. I think one of the things that it does make it harder is when you've got less pages to give fans and readers a background of the story as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I agree with you that he did. He did do a good job with this. Um, the story is probably not my not my favourite. I, I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed the fact that it was you know it was a longer story, so there was more we could learn about. It, it was more twists and roundabouts and more of a voyage. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not going to be you know like my top fifty, top one hundred stories. But it's you know it's definitely not the worst I've ever read. And like I've said before, I have enjoyed this little little batch of stories. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And Le Pen's work is brilliant for that era. Yeah, for, for that era, for sure. Um, he it does it in black and white as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It, it, and this is the sort of artwork that you probably wouldn't like to see coloured. Um, it, it seems to be far more effective... Um, Using the dark tones and all of the black ink that he that he does. Yeah, it really does so. the tone of the story. It really matches it well. Mm. What about you, Dan? What mm. do you think of the story? Being the um, 
the anti-Egmontist. Oh, <laughs> the anti-Egmontist. This, I mean, this this sort of this sort of story, and probably even more so, we'll get to it. The Mask of Death um, are probably the sort of reasons I don't enjoy the Scandinavian stories as much because they get bogged down in, um, in European. Uh, in this in this instance, European, uh, as I said, political history before. Um, I'll talk about the Mask of Death when we get to that one, but I guess more the supernatural and the uh, that sort of thing. Um, so, look, I, I really enjoyed the artwork in this. I, I genuinely enjoyed reading the story, but um, one of the things that really gets me about these sorts of stories is it's it's a very vengeful fandom, and that's fine. That That, that is who the fandom is at times. Um, you know, he's sworn an oath. They made a point of saying he's sworn an oath on the ragdoll, you know, uh, alluding to the, the swearing of the oath on the skull. That sort of thing is fine, but there's no... There's no light moments. There's no, you know, witty humour and that sort of thing, which I think is one of the reasons that I love the character as well. So I, I miss uh, those sorts of things in this type of story. Yeah, but I think there's a time and place. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I think there's a time and a place where, you know, in a, sometimes, you know, you're not going to have a happy fandom. And let's be honest, yeah. he, is, he is in Scotland and... Um, and the UK, it's not a very happy place. It's raining the whole time. <laughs> and yeah, he's cold because he's going to, only got the skin tight outfit on. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I think that um, a lot of Lee Fork's earlier work, in particular, he was able to have a vengeful, yes. angry phantom in the same story as one who would throw a dry one liner out as well. So um, yeah, so for that reason. Now, um, so that's the Black Dagger. Let's move on to the other, I guess, two-parter that came across these two stories, and that is the reason, or, you know, they, they've appeared courtesy of the shortest, shorter page count that Jermaine alluded to, and that is the two parts of Phantom by Gaslight. Fantastic to see them back-to-back like this. Um, episode 5 and Episode 6 of, um, of Phantom by Gaslight. Um, let's go in reverse order this time. Jermaine, what did you think of Phantom by Gaslight across these two stories? Um, I must say they weren't probably the fa- my favourite ones of them. Um, very it was very um deep, very like it took me to read it and to try and okay, what's what's happened? Okay, now you read it and you know it's it wasn't. Let's just let's let's say, let's say it this way like some of this, like it was good, but it was definitely um. One that I couldn't skim quickly. I had to. Oh, yep. I had to like pay attention to it. Um, I love the, you know, like the, the full pages and oh, you know cool. some of the art and stuff like that. You know, like that that page on page. Okay, let's see the page. Did you just hold that that page up? The the double spread yeah, of the uh, yeah. thirty and thirty one on you know in eight in seven yeah. Yeah. So that one there, you know, that's. Yeah, that, that's an, ama- that's an amazing art in that. Oh, the um, detail, it's yeah. such a big yeah. Um, but yeah, it um, in the second one, I put what I thought was interesting was the whole um, uh, the ghost patrol. I thought that was kind of um, yeah fun. Um, but yeah, yeah we, so, we haven't seen that already in Gaslight, have we? That uh, I got a. I got a bit of a surprise when I saw that. And I was thinking, have I missed something? Did we establish a ghost ghost patrol or something like that? No, 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 we didn't. And then also you've got, um, yeah. So I, I like where it's I like where it's going. I like the fact that 
um, in the second part, the, the Phantom and then the third Phantom, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, of, the, it's the three Phantoms against the three now, isn't it? Yeah. They've kind of sort of sorted themselves out. So it's definitely moving quickly. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff being woven <laughs> together. There really uh, is. And... I think if I think if you read it and not pay attention, you can get lost, which I think I, I got lost a bit. Yeah. And so I probably well, need to go back and read it more carefully. As someone who was trying to skim read it because I was in a hurry to get it read for the podcast <laughs> night, yeah, I really had to slow down and take my time with this one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Steve, what did you what did you make of it? I liked um, we call it episode five, the the, the first one. Um, yeah. And mainly because it, it gave us some background to these bad guys, it, it fleshed them out yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Um, well, that was what I was going to say. So there was, it was the exposition um, of these two. Like they almost got two pages each. You know, Springheel yeah. Jack, and then um, and Captain Starlight, and uh, what was the other one? The woman Girl? must be obeyed. The Aisha. Aisha, yeah. Was it Aisha or? Yeah, Aisha. Um, so yeah, so much. Uh, backstory of each of them like you say yeah. and also the little editorial points about um, well mm. say real life but you know whether whether um, come up in in well literary history as it yes was. Um, I thought they were nice touches and so, yeah, yeah I, I really like um, the that whole story like that whole background and, and what's going on and how they got to where they are and then that that double page spread is just fantastic and then I'm I'm there looking at, I'm trying to figure out who all these guys are. So we've got, uh, well, we've got mm. the Phantom of the Opera up there. So we've got a Dracula. There's the whole, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, yeah, we've got the, um, the Elephant Man who um, gets unmasked. But yeah, there's Bride of Frankenstein. There was just so many um, characters in there. I was mm. hoping that... Most, most of whom I don't know, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, have you guys seen this panel here? On the bottom of page 27. Of that issue? Of that issue. Just have a read of that. Um, yeah, the Wasaka connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That I thought that was interesting. Um, they're, they're bringing in that connection between, and this is the Aisha page, yep. um, how she's already battling against the Phantom and the Wasaka tribe, uh, you know, it seems like generations ago. Mm. Now there was a great Moonstone story that dealt with the whole Wasaka and how they had the whole lineage to fight against the Phantom as well. Mm. So um, that you know, I, I kind of read that. I thought, ooh, that, that, you know, I like the sound of that. So mm. Mm. anyway, what I'd what I'd like to see with Sorry. this big yeah, you just over, I was there on a roll and you've just overgone me. Anyway, what I'd like to see <laughs> with this um big two-page spread, well, one, be awesome in colour, but two, um, yeah. to see, you know, we're not quite sure who everybody is, so do what, kind of like what they did on um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and have a, like, an outline of <laughs> each person or with, have a number beside them next to a key. Yeah, you know, Not on this, of course, point. but have a little mini picture with a, you know, miniature version of the picture with a little key to, to say who's who. That, that would yeah. be quite good. Otherwise, it's just up to us trying to guess who everybody, yeah. which is which is quite fun. And I was, and um, yeah, but I want to. See you could do it up the top, like there's, there's, 
Oh no, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't put it on the page at all. You wouldn't that, ruin that, it? No, that would have ruined it. I'd, I'd put it on another page or, or even on the next issue or something like that. Yeah, that, you don't need, yeah, like, I, I agree. I, like, I enjoyed the little, um, you know, step outside. You're breaking the fourth wall a little bit to say here's the where the literary references come from. Mm. But I think that would have been a step too far to have it on this page. I, yeah. I agree with you. In a, in a follow-up next time, there's a Phantom by Gaslight, perhaps. Or maybe they could release this page on on like Facebook and then actually write like who the characters are and stuff like that Have as well. Yeah. See how many you can name. Yeah, yeah, there's that one. Um, now in, into the second part, I didn't like this one as much, um, mainly for well a couple of reasons. One, there's something about the Ghost Patrol. We think, who the hell are the Ghost Patrol? Where yeah. did they come from? Um, so okay, we're just going to accept that. There's a ghost patrol. Yes, why not? And yeah, okay. Um, and it looks like the ghost patrol are killing bad guys, and that's a thing I have issue with because fan, you know, doesn't kill. But I know sometimes he does. But on the whole, nowadays that that doesn't happen. Um, Where does he kill? Not no, he doesn't. The, the ghost patrol. Where does the ghost patrol kill? Who? I got no who, but. Oh, but where? What, what oh, page? page 26 oh. is they've come in guns blazing. Pow, pow, pow. Oh, yeah, so you see him shooting, down. but you don't, you don't actually see him killing anyone. Well, there's a lot of dead bodies in the bottom. dead bodies down there. Unless they've all just fainted. But... Yeah, no, there's, okay. there's, certainly, there's certainly killing happening there. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of issue with that, but um, pretty cool shields, I suppose. Another marketing thing for us to to get. Mm. Um, so instead of the uh, Papua New Guinea shields, we're going to have Ghost Patrol shields. That's where we're going to release that. Yeah, it's but a bit weird. The Phantom actually having it. Like Julie there, she's got a shield on the next page, which helps her. But you know, the Phantom doesn't need a shield. The Phantom's a Phantom. Um, well, you could say that she's not really the Phantom then, couldn't you? Isn't that a part of the uh, argument that's going on in the comic? Oh, they're arguing about themselves. Um, but apart from that little bit um, I think the rest of it went alright once I caught up because like I said reading this at night time I had to reread it again um, doc, was it Dr. Moreau he gets another um, mm. he's in there and haven't seen him tangle with the Phantom since the um, since Legendary since the steampunk adventure Headless mm. Horseman he was alright but um yeah, I thought it was good. It kicked along, but I definitely preferred the the first part than the than the second, um, mainly because I can remember that one more clearly, I suppose. But um, mm. but but it's left on another interesting cliffhanger. Or yeah, I'm loving these. Like, well, when the first one was a two page spread, this one's a one page um, shot with Springhill Jack. Like Springhill Jack seems like he's going to be a fairly main character. I don't know if you can see that very well. Um, yeah. He seems to be popping up everywhere, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, what happens next. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, having said that, I preferred the first one more than the second one. Yeah, so that's interesting because I'm probably the opposite way around. I preferred the <laughs> second one to the first one um, because the because the first one was so heavy on exposition and um, look. It, this period, this this literary, I guess, um, scene is not one that I've spent a lot of time exploring, um, and and haven't had a lot of interest in in the past. And so all of these characters, 
yeah, I've probably got a vague awareness of, but but don't know certainly as well as as others. And so for that, you know, I, I probably am not enjoying it as much because it's it's just not my scene. It's not something I've read a lot of in the past. Um, so the second one where there was a bit more action, like the Phantom only appears in one panel in episode five, um, right at the very end, and he's already unconscious. Um, so then, eight, then episode six, um, there's a lot more action. I probably enjoyed that a lot more. But that, that, that said, again, we're going into probably a really, and I've already said I, I'm, you know, I'm on the record, I suppose, as, as not really enjoying the supernatural stories as well. And this is becoming quite supernatural by the time you've got, like you said, Headless Horseman. Um, you've got uh, all of these. Um, Aisha seems to be a, some sort of sorceress who's come down through time. Captain Starlight is, I think, a ghost because they talk about him having been killed and then uh, coming back. So, yeah, I don't know. Those, those sorts of elements I'm probably not a super fan of. So um, I'm still enjoying Gaslight as a story, and I'm enjoying the um, the... Uh, the dynamic, I suppose, between the three Phantoms. Um, Jermaine's already sort of mentioned that. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, they've obviously, as you say, got a very powerful villain to, to come up against. Mm. All right. Thanks, okay. One, one thing I would like to see from the Gaslight, and, and it's just a little bugbear, is I'd love to see a splash page that separates the, the main story from Gaslight. It just sort of runs together a little bit, and both of these... I know we've got a, um, you know, a, uh, a Phantom Forum, and in 1808 they had to put in the, um, the, the makeup pages from what happened, the, the misprint in 1807. So there's room kind of for a, for a splash page that would uh, separate the two. And would, I'd, you I'd like... the, um, would you put the forum letters in between the two stories? Yeah, see, that's an easy way to do it. Maybe put the forum letters between the two stories instead of um, run them together, and, and that would separate them enough too. Yeah, good call. Would that? Um, oh no, that would still work. I was just thinking, would the double page spread be ruined then? But no, that would still work if you put the two pages. Mm. That'd be a bit weird having the the forum letters between stories for me. I like them just going straight on. Yeah, I, I probably just would like a little bit more of a uh, an obvious title at the start of the yeah, of the guest or whatever. To, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Minor issue. Um, 1809 is the most recently recent one released, The Mask of Death. Now, this is another older um, Team Egmont story. It was probably Simic back in the time. Team Fadiman, certainly, uh, from 1983. Alf Granberg's the author, and uh, Jamie, Jamie Valve is the artist for this one. Um, interesting that uh, it's a bit of a follow-up to, or, or is certainly connected to The Ring, the story that was in the Phantom, um, or the, the, the trade paperback, uh, for those who came in late, um, and also ties in with Blood Knight is the other issue from 1733. So that's about 150 issues ago, um, but only, a, you know, what's that, three or four years. So, um, so I haven't put them close together, um, and probably this might have benefited from going back and reading Blood Knight immediately before you read this one, perhaps. But uh, anyway, um, what did you guys think of well, 1809, The Mask of Death? You didn't like it, did you, Dan? No, not really. Well, then why don't you go first? And... Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I said in my review of the, of the trade paperback and uh, on, on video that we put on YouTube there, and also, when we discussed it, that the ring was probably my least favourite of all of those stories. 
And part of it is because it brings in this idea that the skull ring is uh, has some sort of magical or mystical elements to it. And this this refers to those again. Um, that was my big criticism of the Billy Zane movie. That's my the Phantom's not supernatural. He's not magic, and and I don't know that he needs to have a magic ring. Um, so that certainly comes into it. Then we've got the the political historical stuff going on between the Huguenots and the um, the, the French. Um, royalty and that sort of thing. Um, oh, no. Yeah, Huguenots were the Protestants and the Catholics. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, again, you've got to dip back into that and, and get your head around that as well. And and I'm a, I'm a history teacher as much as I'm an English teacher. I really enjoy history as a rule. Um, but, you know, again, it's that same... Um, darker story, I suppose, the mystical elements and the supernatural elements, which I'm not a fan of. And um, and again, we don't see a lot of wit and humour from from the Phantom. Um, is, you know, so for those reasons, one thing that I really did like about this story, though, um, and credit where due, is they explored the idea of the Chronicles not being yeah. a um, yeah, like uh, a definitive, and yeah. how the the first Phantom wrote. Sorry, the second Phantom might have might have actually written a lot of the first Phantom stories, and they're out of order and missing pages and that sort of thing. I really liked that, and I think that sets yeah. up a lot of explanation for why some of the stories are out of whack. So that was and good. It, and it gives a great opportunity for art for writers to kind of add stories which kind yes. of go in the timeline and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. it almost like and it's, I think it was a brilliant piece of Whoever came up with that idea, we probably should ask. Um, we probably should find out about that idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah. whoever came up with it, whether it was the writer, which I think was Ulf, yeah, uh, or, or whatever, or as a team, yeah. Or, but I thought that was brilliant. That was probably the best thing I liked about it. And I oh, absolutely. Story is just that whole idea, that whole concept, and it opens up so much for other people to to um, do it now. He made a very good point that sometimes it was hard to follow because, like, we've we've had quite a lot of these stories about the ring, and then you get the ring of death, where there's you know you, where it explores the neuro version, then it ex, uh, so you know there's a whole lot of it. I personally think Fru should if Fru should look at maybe doing a trade paperback or something of all of these stories that are related and do them as one, and then I think it might actually be easier to read. Um, because I think you're right, is that because like I've read all these stories as well, and I'm thinking, okay, so what happened back then? What happened in the trade paperback? And and and, and it was hard, and it is hard to follow at times because these stories do rely so much on the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe maybe through need to look at doing a um a trade paperback or a, a chronicle version of like all of the first Phantom stories and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I don't know that um, if they connected this series into a trade paperback, that might be one I um, I'd buy it, but I'm, whether I'd read it or not. <laughs> Steve, what did you think? Um, well, I'm not hanging out for it to go into a trade paperback. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's not all right, I suppose. Um, yeah. I think you said before about another story not being in your top 50 list. Well, this won't be a top 50 list, but it cracked along, and you know, and like we say, 
before um, someone was in trouble, found and helped out, and then realised later that you know they were actually connected to royalty. Um, mm. But that's not the reason why he was doing it in the first place. Um, mm. That's yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I read this around about the same time I was reading a bunch of other uh, comics yesterday, and um, what got me was how much um, Nostradamus looks a lot like Merlin from um, Andrew Constant's Demon Etrigan uh, book. Oh, uh, okay. We've got the same character popping up in, in two stories. <laughs> but, um, no, but, uh, but... Yeah, look, it was okay, I suppose. Who's the person behind the veil in that that woman, I suppose? Is, I'm wondering that one, but... Um, yeah, an interesting twist about the, the boy-girl, girl-boy. But, you know, it was a story. I enjoyed it, but I won't be going back to it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of interesting points before we move on. Page 10, where Nostradamus says, I see a name, the Phantom. In Egmont Law, he's, not called, he's called the Avenger, and then he becomes the Phantom when... Um, I don't know if you remember, but when he tries to clear his cousin's name, who looked like him, and the bad guy was like, "Who are you? You're, you're, you're I've already killed you. You're, you're a phantom or something like that." So there's that, and then it also talks about I see twenty graves in the twentieth century. Yeah. So um, I thought that was rather interesting. And then on page twenty-one, that whole page sequence of fighting in the night with the zip tone of the overlay, I thought that was quite well done because it kind of gives you the idea that he's fighting in the dark. Oh, and... that was good. I did like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with Dan with the um, the supernatural elements of the ring. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that one, mate. Yeah. I'm not a fan yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did notice the same thing what you said there about uh, Nostradamus calling him the Phantom. Um, because, you know, as alluded to, the the ring which was produced in the trade paperback openly calls him the Avenger. But I think it might have even been, um, if I remember rightly, I commented on this. The the dialogue calls him the Avenger, but then he's actually signed the note, the Phantom. Um, so <laughs> it's it depends on who's edited it and decisions they've made at that point, I suppose. Mm. Just on yeah. is, is very very good. Oh, oh I, I love Valve's artwork. There, there's absolutely that. I, I could go through and um, just browse through this without any of the dialogue and probably enjoy it a whole lot more, to be fair. I'm just doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's do that indeed. Okay, so that's the uh, those are the main throughs that we've had a look at there. Um, 1810 is probably not far away, but um, it's not out yet. So uh, let's look instead at the, I guess, the extra frues that are out these days, and uh, we'll start with Phantom's World, if that's all right with you guys. Um, so Phantom's World number four has come out. Um, that is the the beginning of, of what Glenn alluded to in his um, podcast with us, is the, the artist showcase specials that they're going to do from here on in, um, or... or Four, four and five or whatever at this stage anyway um, and basically what it means is that we've got a, a book of three Angelo Todaro stories or two perhaps you could say because there's a part one and part two of Hong Long kidnapping and uh, then the, the third story is Shangri-La um, now it doesn't explicitly say but I gather that Todaro himself wrote 
Um, Hong yes. Long kidnapping? Yep. Yes, that's correct. And then um, friend of the podcast, I suppose, or friend of Chronicle Chamber, Peter Anderson, is making his authorial debut with um, Shangri-La. Um, so, gentlemen, what did we think of the Phantoms World Special number four, Angelo Todaro Showcase? It was fun. It was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. It was fun. Um, what... Now, again, we've, we've actually written an article which goes into a little bit more detail with Todero and also uh, uh, Mr. Anderson as well. Um, so look on the website for that as well. Um, the thing that got me is the attention to detail from both creators, from the artists and from the writers, is that they researched and got a lot right with the whole depiction of the Tibetans, the Chinese... The, like the, the language and um, you know like the mugs and, and so there was a lot of care in there um, apparently this apparently from rumour I've not been able to confirm it but apparently this story has been on the works for quite a few years uh, yeah I wondered about that because it doesn't actually say a date in there anywhere we know that Shangri-La is only brand new but it doesn't actually say anywhere where how long Tadaro's had this other one in the back well, pocket I've a few fans have seen some of the, the artwork in here on his website dating back, uh, you know, two, three, four, five years. Yeah, right. So it's been something that he's been sitting on for a while. Yep. And then with what had basically happened was they were going to release this then. Uh, Peter had a plot for the third story, and then so then they suggested, well, why don't we start it where he's already in China about to leave and so that way they are all kind of connected and then which I think is, was a good editorial decision mm. and um, yeah I, I think this this was probably my favourite Phantoms World issue. Yeah I've written that too actually I've said that of the of the four Phantoms World this is probably comfortably my favourite one. Yeah I've enjoyed seeing some of the older art from you know, from the old um, you know ferry in the sixties and seventies and stuff, but from a, a pure um, what would you from a pure critical point of view, this is by far the most yeah. enjoyable and like read where it's, some of the other stuff is, is is been fun from a you know from like looking at a history point of view and stuff, but some of those stories are not as good as these ones. Uh, and I, th I agree. I think it comes down to the writing. I think these are uh, probably the most well-written stories we've seen in in Phantom's World. Definitely. Um, it was. It's been a while since I've read this now that uh, time of recording. But um, but yeah, I remember thinking that like the the cover didn't turn me on. I, I must yeah. admit. Um, so mm. this, this doesn't look like something I'm going to really enjoy. I don't know if it was the artwork or what's depicted in there. I, I don't know, which is kind of strange because I, I like kung fu stuff. Um, but then reading the story, it, it yeah, like you said, it's probably one of the best Phantom Worlds. I, I haven't had a chance to do my notes. Unfortunately for this podcast, so I'm a little bit disjointed in my reviews, but um, the artwork is fantastic. The story kicks along nicely. <clears throat> and um, yeah, and like you said, how the, the third part just takes up from from where they are there, and the, there seems to be a bit of a um i had to double check on the name of of where they were um 
wasn't there some sort of age this was the story with the you know they weren't aging or something like that is that sound about yeah. right uh, yeah in Shangri-La yeah, yeah. The, the city of Shangri-La the people don't age yeah um, it, it was kind of um, I don't know if you guys watched the Netflix show Iron Fist um, when that came out but um, it, it, I it, attempted it was a very dud movie dud uh, show yeah I was going to say it reminded me of this except it was better than that <laughs> <laughs> um, I've tried watching Iron Fist three times and I've just given up. Uh, um, I got through it, but that's definitely the um, the the runt of the litter. I haven't seen the new Jessica Jones yet though. But I'm sure that's. Cool. I gave up on that one and Luke Cage as well. Did you? You have no stain. Yeah. Well, no, I watched uh, Daredevil and I'm about halfway through the second season. Yeah, uh, really cool. enjoyed the first season of Daredevil. Yeah. First season of Daredevil was brilliant. Yeah, That's how I think a fan to move, a fan of show should be done. It, yeah, I think along the same lines of that actually. Um, because it was realistic it, fighting. Yeah, it is. And if you want to do a, if you want to do a fan show, something like uh, something something in my opinion, a cross between Arrow with the whole flashbacks and Daredevil. Because it's a little bit like the fighting is realistic and the fighting's very and realistic in, in and, uh, and Punisher as well. Um, I haven't seen much Arrow, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. To to sum everything up, that's just gone over in the last mm. five ten minutes. Um, if you haven't picked it up, I'm sure it's still at the news agents. It was there the last time yes. I saw it. Um, pick it up and give it a read because it's really quite good. Yeah, I agree. Anyone, if, if people might have been um, put off perhaps by by some of the Phantom's World stuff, and, and it may have decided that they're not going to keep picking these ones up. This one, you really should because it's uh, it's good value. It's interesting. I I 100% agree with um, what you've said about um, the artwork, and I think I might have even said right at the start or before we even started recording that um, probably Tadaro's my pick of the artists who are producing new stuff at the moment in some ways. I'm really liking what he does. Um, you mentioned attention to detail, which I absolutely agree with in terms of the the scenery and that sort of thing. One, one thing that I would pick him up on is um, that it took until page 48, I think, before we saw the fandom actually wearing um, his, his rings uh, for whatever reason, and, and that really jumped out on page 8, there's a, a panel there where you get a close-up of his hands, and for whatever reason, he doesn't have either ring on. And um, as from that point on, I started. <laughs> he probably still had them. Um, yeah, at the top of page eight, there's it, just yeah. no rings. And from that point on, I was really looking for him. And there's it turns into a band from about page 34, and it's not until page 48 that he's actually that he's actually got them on. So um, page seven's got a band as well. As it, there you go. So I didn't, I didn't go backwards and start looking. I probably should have, yeah. um, since I'm going to bring it up. But, uh, but yeah, I think that was a bit of a, just a bit of an oversight. Um, other than that, um, <laughs> one thing that I did get entertained by was the on page 23, um, Phantom sort of changes from Walker to Phantom mid-fight, and I'd be very interested to see. Um, you know, the panel between the top two on page 23 where he slips his cowl on while the bad guys are <laughs> looking the other way or something. But um, yeah. so th that's not a criticism. That's that's just, look, a practicality of sometimes he gets himself into fights as Walker and uh, turns into the Phantom. So, um, look, I, I really point. enjoyed... Eh? That's a good point. Yeah. 
thanks. I'll make a few. Uh, <laughs> occasionally. But uh, as a whole, I really enjoyed, um, I really did enjoy these two stories. I, I did think it was interesting that the difference in the art style, of, certainly the panel style, between the, the Hong Long kid, kidnapping and then Shangri-La. Um, he sort of mixed it up and had a few landscape panels and that sort of thing in Shangri-La, whereas um, Hong Long was very, uh, very much more, um, there were certainly bigger panels and that sort of thing, which I, which I really enjoyed too. So um, overall, I'd, I'd certainly give this one two thumbs up. And it was great to see a reappearance of the Singh Brotherhood, even uh, even if they're yeah. only in passing. Uh, yeah. I've got to ask, like, the, the, the hijackers, are they the Singh Brotherhood or was it the other Because it, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I oh, thought they were. Because if I you look at page were. seven, the guy who finds the um, the guy who finds the bag and then gives it to the two hijackers. Um, page you looking? Page seventy. Seventy. Yep. So seven zero. So. Yes. The, oh, I don't know. So I, I see what he's so. So he's actually picking it up from underneath the. Um, so they've walked in without the bag, yes. and then they're like, oh, 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 while he's pulling it out from underneath him, oh, you've forgotten this bag. So that's how they smuggle the guns in and stuff like that. That's right. And he's got the Singh Brotherhood tattoo on his wrist there yeah. on page 7. And they, they also explicitly say it later on, perhaps after they've mm-hmm. crashed, that um, we've, got, we've got to get this back to the Singh uh, something along those lines. So just a, I, I thought that was a, you know, a, again, gives, um, I guess, Pete a, an option to to explore that gang. We, we don't ever find out explicitly why they wanted to kidnap the, mm. the spoiled brat actress or whatever she was, um, socialite. Um, you know, there, there's real scope to, to explore that. Yeah, no. I, the attention to detail is good. Mm. Mm. Okay, anything else we want to say about Phantom's World number four? No, I reckon what's... Good, good. All right, Kid Phantom number four then this is, is the where we are at now. Um, bright red cover, really, um, really jumped Pops out off the, off the newsagent's shelf. Um, now, my son was very excited to receive his subscription in the mail, and at some point in amongst here, uh, Stephen, as an editor, I hope you're going to splice in um, perhaps a little conversation I had with my boy. Um, I, I chatted, oh, I'll say this in the thing, but I got him to talk me through it before I read it, and it was really quite entertaining to see what he had picked up out of the story, um, and then I came down and read it myself, and uh, luckily he hadn't given me too many spoilers, because uh, then I was able to enjoy the story for myself. Um, now, Gus, um, I haven't read Kid Phantom number four yet, but you already have, so okay. before I read it, what can you tell me about um, the package that you received? I was really excited when I found, when I saw it, and when at first I thought it was they were both for you because you had received the other two packages that were there. Yep. And uh, then I looked at them again and saw the top one was mine. Cool. It said my name on it. All right. When you opened yours, yeah. what did you find? I found um, the Phantom the fourth kid Phantom book and a, a grand uh, 
badge and also um a card of a background. Okay, cool. So, um, what do you want to tell me about first? Because I haven't read any of it. Um, so, it turns, um, it turns out. So no, but, don't give away the story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, now tell me a little bit about the story. What happens in the story? So, first, they're looking down at at Captain Cleaver's old crew. Yeah. And and find out that all the pirates have already been defeated. Yep. And and then Grand and well, Kit in his phantom suit had already had already done that. Did the cap- captain and all the other people from the cruise ship, did they see Kit in his Kid Phantom suit? No. Oh. They saw... They didn't... They, all they saw was Captain Cleaver's old crew. Okay. Did Captain Cleaver turn up? Because she jumped no. overboard last time. No. Okay. It says in here, um, no sign of Captain Cleaver. Oh. Do you think she's going to come back sometime? Yeah. Oh, maybe. I can find the thing for you. No, no, no. You're just telling me about it. I want to read it myself in a minute. You're just telling me some stuff about it. Um, okay, so so if the, what did they do with the pirate crew? Um, they do, they helped them aboard the sh- airship, I think. Yeah. Because they had already been, like, tied up and everything. Oh, okay. So did everybody know that Kit and Garan had done it? No. No one accepts them. Okay. All right, so what was the adventure in this one then? After they got the, captured the pirates, what did they do next? Oh, I can't remember. It's been a couple of days since you read it. There must be some adventure that they did that you remember. Yes, they... Grand... Grand... Went... Grand, um... When they got to a village... Garan um, said uh, it, that might be a good practice for America. Practice doing what? Uh, getting um, him. He's, they're going to America and, yeah. and so he wants to see how he goes in front of all, this, all those people. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how did he go? He went good until to... Kid Robbers um, stole his necklace. His good mark necklace. No, um, his his shark, his tooth. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and his traditional necklace. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. Who Kit was wearing it or Garan? Yeah, Garan. Oh right. Now I okay. Alright, and so what happened when Garan had his necklace stolen? He followed them until they got to the, the um, um, big building. And then the, he go 
to he goes to the trap a trapdoor in the roof uh, and see the kids and this big ringmaster guy okay yeah and they and they're the kids who stole it there's also this whole lot of other kids at the back mm-hmm. so it's like they're having turns to steal stuff oh but i think it's take it but like not steal it like ask is that this guy it. on the back cover yeah that's him okay and then those are the two kids who stole it. Oh, right. That's Jean, and I forgot her name. Okay. Pretty hard. Uh, and what about all of these guys in the background on the front and the back cover? Who are they? They get they're the p. They get in trouble, and those guys come in and try to beat them as well. Oh. As well as. The Count. Okay. That's what his name. Yeah. Um, he also has a, a pet bird as well. See, there The Count up. does? Yeah. Oh. See up there? Oh, yeah. It looks like a galah. It is. Oh. All right. So, um, don't tell me how it ends because I want to read it myself. But um, do, at the finish, are they back on the boat? Can I check? Yep. <laughs> no. Okay. All right, so we'll have to see if they get back on the boat. Now, last time, Kit and Garan weren't very happy with each other, or Garan wasn't very happy with Kit. Are they friends again? They they were angry with each other again. Um, and then they and then they then Kit fought. He wasn't meant to follow, um, uh, Kit, Kit was taught, Grant told Kit not to go into, uh, to follow him. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, he didn't until he thought it was long enough. Oh. And then he came and rescued Grant. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And was... They so were was friends again. Garan mad that he came after him? Or? No, that happened. You can read that it's in the story. Okay, I'll read that. Um, what do you think... So, do you like the way that Kit and Garan are going with each other? Or what do you think about that? I think it's really nice. Because even though his dad or mother couldn't go. Yeah. Because they're busy. I think it's really nice that his his best friend, I think, um, is um coming with him. I think that's really nice. Cool. All right. Um. So, did you like the front cover? Yeah. And the I like the cover of the book. What do you like about it? Um. I like how not only. The people are having a fight, but the birds are having a fight as well. Yeah, yeah. And so you've told me all about the story. Did you like the drawings and the pictures? Yeah, I, the front cover ones were my favourite. Okay. Now, was did you have any favourite part of the story? Um, probably the picture when those guys come up 
through the um, garage door. They're like ones on the bottom holding like that, and the other two were just standing there. Okay. The, they're pushing it on, and they have crowbars. Oh. And chains. Right. But all right, so I'll have to read the story to see that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or I could just show. That's right. Um, and the last thing is you got a, a, the Garand badge as well. Did you like that? Yeah, that was really good. And I think it's really cool because I've also got the Phantom badge. Yeah. Try it up there. And it looks really good with my Phantom ring. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else you want to say about Kid Phantom number four? I think it's really funny because um, he says at the front, um, when the Captain Claver's thing is there, the captain says, all right, this is us. Then one of his crew members says, uh, I don't think it is. It is. Uh, I see what you mean. <laughs> we surrender. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And he was like, um, yes, of course. <laughs> All right. Well, I can, I you don't have to read the whole thing to me. see <laughs> why. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Gus, for telling me all about Kid Phantom number four. And, uh... We'll have to catch up again when we get to kid number, fandom number five. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Paul Mason. <laughs> Thanks, Gus. Now, there's lots to talk about with Kid Phantom, as there always is. Uh, one of the things we are going to have to talk about is the, the little Easter eggs that pop up through that. Do we want to save those, or do we want to do that straight away? Um, no, let's go for them straight away. Yeah. <laughs> We we um we would not be much good on Christmas morning. We got to open up our presents straight away. Um, so morning. let's. Eh? Christmas morning. <laughs> hey, we're, we're the parents. We get to buy our own Christmas presents yeah. before Christmas. That's exactly right. All right. So um, I I found four um little Easter eggs. Did uh, what what did you guys see? Well, there's the one on page five. Yeah. Yep. Which is Harrison Gross Sweets. Harrison Gross is actually Lee Fork's proper name, nineteen eleven to nineteen ninety nine. I thought that was cleverly done. The the yeah, fact cool. that the, the room numbers are actually his birth uh you know, his birth yeah. and death dates. Very cool. And then obviously you've got his their room which is nineteen thirty six. Yep. Um then there's the one where um Paul's other bird actually gets a, a shot in the comic. He's in there a fair bit. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, but the one that I love the most, and the one that I'm very excited about, is the Mask Markle, Mask versus Kid Hercules. Yes, the poster on page thirteen. Um, next Harris. to, next to, I guess, uh, well, whether you count this as separate or they're both posters, Grando the Great, which is Mandrake's father. Um, yeah. But yeah, but the Mask Marvel, the reference to the uh, the old Lee Fork uh, Wilson McCoy story. Mm. Now I can make mention that was an editorial suggestion. 
Okay. Not sure I actually say that, but I have. So uh, <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> but oh, I love that. That was like I messaged. Um, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 Mass Marvel, Mass Marvel, and I'm like, are we going to see the Mass Marvel? And I said, forget the the fact that it's actually the 21st fandom who is the Mass Marvel. Let's get it the 20th fandom is the Mass Marvel. Let's get that story in here somehow because that's one of my most favourite stories. So I would look over the fact that it was originally done as the 21st and if we can get it as the 20th Mass Marvel. I just think that would be cool, like, you know, Kit watching his father fighting as the Mass Marvel or something like that. Yeah, I, I sort of assumed that might be uh, maybe on the undercard we might have Kid Venom versus Kid Hercules or something like that. Um, and the the other one that I really enjoyed uh, was more of a writer's um, Easter egg, I suppose, and that's on page 27. Um, the uh, Kid Venom's come in and knocked out the count and then just a, as you were. Yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, Reference to the classic as you were, gentlemen climbing through the window um, dialogue. So um, I really enjoyed that. It, that. Those are you've certainly covered the four that I saw. Um, is there anything I've missed? I'm looking at the um, the passengers on the boat um, when they're pulling into port there and wondering, are they people who we should know? You got the the bloke with the goatee. We got I don't know. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Are they actual um, people who who um, Paul's giving a shout out to, or are they people who we should know? I'm not sure, but mm. I don't know, I'm just look. I don't think Paul Mason does much by accident, is what yeah. I would say about that. And and I know that um, he certainly spent a bit of time looking up uh, references on um, Abidjan or Abidjan, how you pronounce it. Uh, you know. There's not a lot of photos, I suppose, floating around, um, typically about uh, the capital city of the Ivory Coast, and so he had to spend a fair bit of time actually researching that, and I I would bet dollars to donuts that those uh, skyscrapers and all the rest of it um, are all real buildings that exist in, in that formation, so oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, Is that the surprise... free logo? Where Is that the free logo on <laughs> top of the skyscraper? It could well be. I was actually wondering... It could well be. Um... Does um, Glenn Ford's got a goatee? Doesn't he? Yeah. He's got silver guy. Hair. He's wearing glasses. Maybe that guy is supposed to be Glenn. I don't know. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah. And Maybe. then that almost looks like Renee on, um, on page 11. Um, almost looks like Renee. Um, page 11. Oh, on the, the far right. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> what does Dudley look like? Which one could he be? Yeah, no, I don't say, I don't say Is he the, uh, he's got a huge afro in the middle of that central panel on page 10. I don't, don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's Dudley either. Um, uh, but all yeah, right. Like Renee in, the, in, that, in that corner. We'll have to take a photo of it and we'll have to ask when that, uh, um, Paul that one. But, um, Paul, where are we? <laughs> yeah. Mate, anyone who's watching the YouTube, anyone who's watching the YouTube can see exactly why we're not in it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, to, being, to being a character, surely. <laughs> yeah. 
So obviously, um, the, those are the adult things that we, that, or the through fans in, a, or the fandom fans in us that uh, that we want to scan through and see that sort of stuff immediately. What did you think about the story, the artwork, uh, all the rest of it? I absolutely loved it. I reckon I, I had a smile on my face all the way through this. Um, I didn't pick up the story beforehand to, um, you know, to remind myself. I just picked it up and and went yep. with it, and. And that was good because it, it, it got straight into it. You know, there's the bad guys. There are the, the oh, I've been saying bad guys to Jeremy. My youngest has really gotten into this a lot more than my eldest. Um, so uh, Jeremy, who's um, four, he he's loving it. He in, I actually read it um, for him as a bedtime story yesterday, and um, he's asking questions. So these are the bad guys. These are the good guys. So he's really getting into fandom now, which is great. Start on early, and today he got the Garan badge and pinned it on him. He said, "I'm going to read the Garan story to to Garan," and I just thought that was brilliant. So, um, cool. The art in it is fantastic. So how, how he's four? Is that right? He's four. He's not reading it. He's looking yeah. at the pictures. He's just flicking through it. That's cool. And um, that's cool. Oh, one little point. He was showing mum. Oh, you know, Ange, my wife, um, today and you know, sitting there and, and going through it. And um, so she's flicking through it for the first time, and then. Um, gets to the part w- um, to the second half with the Count or Lecomte and you, you've got mm. the gun and stuff and she kind of went eh. said, oh, no one gets it's okay, it's all good no no one's I actually said I was about to say no one gets shot said, no one gets killed because um, yeah poor old Garand cops one in the shoulder which yeah but it never bothers him and you never see it again and um yeah, and Jay asked oh, what were those red spots on him on, on page 22 oh he just hurt himself a little bit he'll, he'll be fine um, yeah. But then when it gets towards the end and um, and Lecomte threatens the girl's life and um, you know make another move and, and she dies, um, Ange kind of looked at that and said, "Don't worry, I paraphrase that." <laughs> yeah, you know, a bit of parental guidance and um, yeah, you know, be, be a parent. Um, it is an all ages comic, but, um, but still, yeah. if you, I... but apart, but I had no problem with him having this. And looking at it, and reading it, and seeing good guys beat up bad guys. Um, it's what I had when I was a kid. I think sometimes we can be a little bit too cotton, you know, wrapped up in precious. cotton wool. Bit precious. Yeah. This. Oh, Did you say that to your wife? No. Stop being precious. No, no, no. Because I agree with her about the <laughs> about the you know moving any closer and the kid dies. I don't think a four-year-old needs to hear that. Um, but you know, an eight to whatever year old who you know how your your boy is. Um, um, yeah, look, yeah. he's eight and a half, and he's reading Harry Potter books. Yeah, so so that, <laughs> there's a, there's a the lot age, worse yeah. in that than there is in here. Yeah. Now, oh, um, Jim, um, Jeremy is—he's been at me to to do the um, spot the difference. And I said, yeah. It's quick, but a bit tricky. I'm going to um, take it to work and photocopy it, so it's nice and big, so we can have a look at it. And um, yeah. And so he was cool with that, except he's been at me. Hurry up and photocopy it. Hurry up and photocopy it. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 work, <laughs> um, well, I really in, like in case uh, well, uh, Gus has actually done a little bit of solving, so there's where are we? You can probably you might be able to see three or four of the differences that he's found there. But he's finding it very tricky as well. The oh, uh, spot the difference is hard. Oh yeah, he's oh, marked. I, this I is his copy. I'm not letting. <laughs> I didn't even let um, Jeremy mark his copy. Oh no, mate! It's it's a kid's book, <laughs> and this is his version. He's yeah. not getting mine, um, so I'm certainly yours, keeping my copy. But he needs to be able to draw all over it. Sorry, is yours still in the bag, and you're just going to read his? 
hundred percent. This is this is the reading copy. The slash. <laughs> when I picked when I picked up the the comic from the shop, and I picked up two, and, and she goes, "Is that so? Um, you know, you can keep one in the bag." And I said, "No, it's because I want to read mine, and the kids can read theirs." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you get two badges that way. You get two badges, so it's, yeah, and no, I also said that. <laughs> and, um, I, and I guess on on that, this this other activity that they put in there, that's it, that's very difficult as well, I think, for, well, pretty much anyone, to be honest. <laughs> I, I struggle to find out where to put those tiles. That strikes me as something that would be um, very good as a, um, a an online game where yeah, you can I'll drag the, the tile thing. all over the picture and that sort of thing. So, I thought exactly um, the same thing. Little piece, little uh, little suggestion there, perhaps, is to, to whack that on the games section of the of the Kidvanum website. Yeah. Well, I was smiling all the way through this. The way that um, um, you know, Garan and and Kit are still um, well, Garan's still annoyed at Kit. Um, yeah. Kit's still to figure out you know what he's done wrong, and and in the end he comes through it, and and you know the the amazement on that's shown through Garan. How the hell did you find me? You know, in a yes. place we've never met before. I've been before, and um, yeah, so I thought that was that was fantastic, and um, and I, you know, I love the artwork. Oh, page, my favourite page is um, oh, it's when when they're bashing up the bad guys. Page um, thirty or thirty-one. Uh, thirty-one. Uh, yes. Yeah, that, that, I was going to mention this as well. The the four panels there are just absolutely brilliant, and and they're, they're simple, you know. There's silhouettes yep. there fighting, and there's you know the, there's the speech bubbles, but it's just the expression on on Lecom's face, and that just make, and then it ends up with you know, kid fandom overshadowing the um, the count and the mm. and the the background characters, the way that they're they're done and yes. how everything just changes and just it's just four panels, um, very subtle differences, but oh, it, it's it's great and um. Yeah, well done, um, Paul, and well done, Andrew. You know, he, yeah. Paul's the artist, but Andrew's the the, the writer, and um, I don't know if he wrote that into his into his script, but um, they've done a fantastic job of of, of telling this story. And, um, the thing I like about that page is you were, you were talking about when your wife was, you know, a little bit concerned about the amount of fighting and stuff. Is this page hid? was able to hide some of the fighting. Yeah. And yeah. was able to, um, in a sense, it's a I don't know, to sense it. is the right... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the um, the Alfred Hitchcock the, technique where things happen off camera, but you know that they've happened. Yeah, yeah. so, 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 because that way you don't, you know, because you've got a whole, you know, you've got, you know, page 26, where he's, you know, beating it. You've got the previous page where he gets... You know where he falls down and hurts himself, um, <laughs> and then you've got um, you know like page 30, which is the big full page, and then 31. So instead of having several pages together of lots of fighting, it it alludes to it and it kind of desensitizes or, or or whatever type of word you want to use for the younger type readers. So I thought that was really good in how they, they, they were able to keep the younger readers in mind. Don't think yeah, no, 100%. Right <laughs> Sorry? Is sanitise the word you're looking that for, maybe? Sanitise? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> word you want to use. Yeah. Don't know no, what I, I agree with... What, what are the uh, the customs laws or something about um, 
you know, exotic fauna in, in different countries. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a bit looser on it back in the day. Mm. <laughs> well, why wouldn't a Frenchman have an Australian galah in the Ivory Coast? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, it, um, I, I agree with everything that you've said there. It's a really, really good story. Um, probably the... In some parts, probably the the wordiest or the most dialogue that we've had from a kid fandom, yeah. like page 24, 25. <laughs> yeah, you would too. So page 24, 25, where LeConte is explaining how difficult his life has been and where he's got there and yeah, yeah. doing the typical bad guy thing of explaining his entire backstory to his captured prisoner mm. um, before before he's going to kill him. Um, <laughs> Made me think yeah, of so there's a lot of... The Incredibles. Oh, you got me monologuing. <laughs> um, but, a sequel to that one coming out I know, I'm looking forward to it yeah, yeah. yeah so anyway, I, I really enjoyed this as well um, and maybe just as a, a, a any other any other things that you'd like to say about uh, Kid Phantom yeah, the, the scene no. between the, the Captain and Garan is quite touching as well yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. agreed agreed um, uh, go Jim. I was just gonna, like I I think, like, the Phantom takes a huge step forward. In issue three, he almost takes a step backwards, but in this one, he takes a step forward. And the thing that I was, and I was looking forward to the most about this issue was to see how the dynamic with Guran and Kit had changed, and then how they were able to change and, and work through the issues that they had. And I thought it was handled in a, in a very good way. A very forgiving way from both sides and and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure how. I'm not sure whether it's a teachable moment for young people. It might that might go over a lot of young people's heads. But um, but yeah, mm. um, but I yeah I, I I thought that was handled quite well. The whole um, forgiving each other and moving on. Yeah, and and, and I think um, Garand's being man enough to say, I made a mistake here, and yeah. um, Kit, the yeah, Kit still hasn't said that. that I can't teach you. Mm. Yeah. Um, Kit hasn't said anything yet about, yes, I've stuffed up, and, and I hope at some point that will happen. But, uh, oh, he does. Apologising. Yeah. He oh, I'm sorry. When yeah, they're yeah, dropped yeah. off, they say, I've been apologising non-stop for the last two weeks. Yeah, fair call. Um, it's been two uh, weeks I've said so, so many times now. What do you want from me? Yeah, sure, sure. Yep, fair enough. Um, I, I don't. Uh, when you say about it being a teachable moment, though, you don't have to beat kids over the head with a cricket bat to to teach them something. I think just having the, the story that I'm doing um, it all wrong. Well, you are doing it wrong if that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, services. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I just. The, the way that we learnt um, about the Phantom and uh, social justice and all of the, you know, defending the weak and all of that stuff, it, it came from reading story after story after story. It was never, you know, just a, a slap brand or anything like that. Um, these are the sorts of ways that it happens, and it's it's reading a story that has that stuff happen, and the kids just enjoy the action and they enjoy the story, um, and these sorts of ideas seep in. So Now, there's one issue that I have. And that is, whoever is putting these together, please, please put the face of the badge against the comic and not the other way around. 
Otherwise, your comic ends up with little, little, little indents all over the front and back <laughs> cover. Um, yeah. Well, I think I've got two or three of the first issue and only one of these so far, like one with the badge. And all of them have got little tiny little indents from because the badge has been put around with the, yeah. the backside against the actual cover. So whoever's doing that, please. Not everyone's ever collected like us. It's a kid's comic, mate. <laughs> you should see how beat up this one already is. <laughs> now, be- before we leave it, um, what, what you said before, Jermaine, about how in issue three... Kit took a step back and guys on his journey to be a hero and this one he really took a, a step forward but the, the way they've done it is by giving him a back seat to Garan I, I think um, yeah. my boy Jeremy summed it up this morning when he said I'm going to read Garan's story to Garan it's, this is a Garan mm. story um, with the with um, Kit Phantom coming in towards the end and I thought that was a really good touch a really good um, yeah. way, way, to, yeah. way to do it all yeah. Well, we may mention in the Grand's Secret, you know, all the way back three hours ago in the podcast, um, when we reviewed that comic, how it was good to see, good to read more about Grand, and it's like, you know, we got to read that story, and now we're reading this story, and it's um, we're getting more about the actual, um, what do you call it, the secondary and third style characters, which in my opinion, gives a, a, a better universe. And the last thing I'd say before we leave Kid Phantom is that um, this page has had a fair run at our house as uh, Gus is into um, collecting cards, uh, footy cards and cricket cards, and he's enjoying getting his Kid Phantom cards, and he's had a look at this, the last page of the book, and said to me, you know what, Dad, you can get... Um, older phantom cards and there's a diana card and oh, i wonder i wonder how you get those uh, so the seed is being planted <laughs> and i know what he's getting for his birthday now a bunch of uh, universe cards because well, you could probably pick up um you'll yeah. probably be able to pick up without having to get the comics again yeah, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I'll um, whether I get those at uh, the fruit booth or even you know buy them online, they're, they're not going to cost a lot to slip into a, uh, a subscription, whatever. Um, you know, so I'll pick up a few cards for him, and uh, like you say, Steve, a folder as well for him to store them all in, and and the bug will really start to kick in <laughs> from that point. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So well done, Fru, on the uh, very clever placement of uh, of the ad there. <laughs> uh, can't wait for the next quarter to come along. Another three months for it to, so we can. Yeah. Did you did you guys did you guys happen to read um, uh, Paul Dr. Paul Mason's um, yes. I guess you. model his mention. own monologue. Yeah. yeah we got to mention. Yeah, so it's it really interesting to see him reflect on a year of Kid Phantom, mm. and um, anyone who who is on Facebook and would like to go and have a look, go and go and search him up, Dr. Paul Mason, and, and have a read of the. Um, the extended post that he put up there about his his experiences of the year, and I think he said he's drawn something like 165 pages and colouring and late nights and all the rest of it and uh, what he's got out of it. So, um, you know, uh, the start of a long journey, I think we all hope. Well, that's yeah. it. Um, we're a year into it, four issues in it, and he hasn't even reached America yet. So, oh, um... and, and not likely to in the next year by the looks of it. <laughs> 
So uh, he's going to need it probably another 10, 20 years, I reckon. Yeah, I was thinking about that um, yesterday. I thought, that, doesn't the, the kid fam supposed to be up to, what, 16 or something like that before, um, you know, in those two panels back in the original story? That's right. So uh, <laughs> it, it's going to take another, at least another 50 years before he gets up. <laughs> gets up yeah. there. Do, you reckon, uh, do you reckon Paul's got another 50 years in him? Well, he's going to lay the, some great foundations if, he's, if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Um, so we have enjoyed Kid Phantom, and that's probably taken up as as much time as any other story. I've come to the end of my notes in terms of the um, uh, the comics and the news that we have to review. Is there anything else you guys would like to say before we get into the outro and uh, and call this one to an end? Well, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a segue with obviously Gus. Yeah, uh, and hopefully, um, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy as well with Stephen. Um, so that will be good to listen to those. Um, but I guess no, let's let's move on to the outro and let's get this uh, marathon finished. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I'm just All right. At the, at the video, I'm thinking if we're going to continue with these YouTubes, I'm going to have to grow a beard or something because I can see this big double chin. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Where I, I told you on. last time, mate. Just. Just put the you camera up on the dash and have it look down oh, on you. Better, it's... <laughs> you can only see one double chin. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to fall asleep so we can actually watch, you know, the moment when you fall asleep. <laughs> the droopiness. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. it's been all right. It's actually getting close yeah. to midnight, so... No, mate, the... The, the four or five people who go and watch the YouTube can just enjoy the double chin action, I think. So, <laughs> All right. Um, so to wrap it up um, tonight, first up, I'd like to just a, a reminder about our Patreon. If you'd like to support uh, the Patreon and, you know, perhaps next year get us over to the Big Apple Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> 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 That'd be fantastic. Uh, in all seriousness, we really do appreciate the the people who are throwing, uh, you know, a dollar, a couple of dollars, five dollars a month um, towards helping us uh, host the podcast. Um, you know, we're starting to do the YouTubes properly now. I hope, um, and uh, you know, do a few of those things uh, for you guys. Uh, we do have a couple of new patrons since our last comics and news. So uh, Peter Bjorkman and Daniel Melise, thank you very much, guys, for getting on board. Really do appreciate it. Um, now, the... one, of, one of the things that they do pay for, just so they're aware, is like when we ring up people and we're going to ring up like mobile phones and stuff yeah. like that instead of Skype. So, you know, that's where some of the money goes is, you know, is that as well as everything else. So, yeah, I'll share that. Yep, yep, absolutely. So um, all of all of the overheads and that sort of thing, we really do appreciate that we don't have to um, go into our own pockets for this. Um, no, it, much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do appreciate that. So thank you very much, guys, for for the contributions that we make, and uh, uh, we certainly hope that you feel like you're getting your uh, your five dollars a month worth out of us, um, whether it's through the the website, which is of course part of it. Um, and the hosting of that and all of that sort of gear. Um, the, the Phantom Preservation Project is there. Now, the latest things that we've put up into that is the complete Jungle Beat collection from the Phantom Club newsletters. There's a few more things that are sitting there waiting to go up, um, which, of course, I will do as soon as I finish editing a podcast and, and uh, you know, well, other well, things that happen in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah get into it right now. <laughs> we to put some more stuff up on there. 
Yeah, we are. We are. It's sitting there, and it's just a matter of uh, getting the time to do that. Um, look, if we can get to a, uh, a Patreon level where I can uh, go point eight at work and maybe take Fridays <laughs> off and just sit there doing Chronicle Chamber stuff, that'd be sensational. Not sure that that's going to happen. Um, anyway, um, a reminder, of course, about uh, contacting us and, and seeing where we put all of our stuff. We've said it a thousand times this episode, but chroniclechamber.com for all your fandom needs. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us about a, a story or, or anything else that you'd like to talk to us about, chroniclechamber at gmail.com is the uh, email address. We are on social media, of course, um, and we seem to be getting slightly better at that. We're, we're trying to get a handle on Instagram properly, um, which is which is coming slowly. Um, you know, we're 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 not 16 year old girls who are all over this stuff, and I don't know how to put a filter on and what Snapchat is. But anyway, um, Instagram at Chronicle Chamber. We're starting to get a few things on there. Twitter at Chronicle Tweets. We're getting better at that, I think. Uh, but uh, Facebook really is probably what we're best at, um, which is Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page and also the Phantom Collector group. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or, or whatever your preferred um, platform is. Remember that if you put up a five-star review, then you are going to be a chance and, and write something nice about us, then you are going to be a chance of getting this guy come and see you. If you get that up in the next month or so before we get to the 100th podcast, um, so we can have a look at some nice reviews there and, and hopefully get bumped up the list. To be, oh, Could you imagine if somehow the uh, Expand podcast went number one podcast in Australia for a week or something. Wouldn't that blow some people's minds? <laughs> so um, the only way that can happen is if you get on board and give us a, a review and, and uh, hit the five stars there for us. So um, that said, guys, I think that's all of us for tonight. Um, thank you very much for the chat. I do love uh, sitting around and talking Phantom Comics with you guys. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks very much, Stephen. Thank you, Dan. You've... you've... Run a tight ship, tight ship, mate. Good work. Yeah, I kept it to under two and a half hours. I'm very proud. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be over that by the time we get the kids on board. Uh, thanks, Jermaine. No worries. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, guys. All right. Happy fandoming, everybody. Happy fandoming. Uh, that is about the upcoming 100th episode. Now, um, oh, we are going to do... Well, fingers crossed everything goes well. I think it will. But uh, one of the things we can announce now is that uh, we're going to have a competition for the 100th episode. And um, I should have... Should have told I me I should have got it? this written. Hey? <laughs> I should have told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> the competition is that we're going to... Um, we're going to give a, a, a phantom... Maybe just press pause and go get it. Think I should? Yeah. <laughs> that probably would be best. We're doing a video, aren't we? Alright, hang on. Check it in pajama shorts. His pants. Yeah, look at his jammies. Stop talking so we can also see his jammies. Are they your wife's pajamas? Alright, slight edit point there. Should Are they your wife's pajamas? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're matching with Gus actually. He's got a pair um, of these. Um, Sesame Street jammies as well, and he, quite, he gets quite a kick Elmo. out of us. Yeah, <laughs> he gets quite a kick out of us um, both wearing them at the same time. So, all right, um, all right, I'll just start that bit about the competition again. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy. 
Injustice and cruelty And all my sons will follow me So evildoers will believe That this man cannot die The Phantom The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom